0: I went to the art gallery to see that uh, Masterpieces from London exhibition. Oh, yeah? It was very good. Did they have the Queen? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, and I didn't know why they were called the Impressionists. Do you know why? The paintings that were made in like the late... The late 1800s I'm gonna
1: embarrass myself here But isn't it because They were meant to be Like stylistically Impression Like impressions of the stuff That they were reflecting Rather than as realistic As possible
0: Yeah so like The The renaissance paintings Were like all very Constructed Studio Paintings that took Months of like Rich people Looking rich And their fancy clothes Mm or, like, paintings of the Bible or paintings of Greek mythology was like mm. what most paintings were. And then, It'd be like- funny if it was just a painting
1: of the actual book of the Bible. <laughs> like a really detailed still life. But yeah. Just of the book. Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, it's Hundreds a biblical piece.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, uh, Impressionist painting came around because, like, uh, you could get easels that were portable and you could get little canvases and it was it became a lot more technically practical to be painting outside and there was this uh artistic fascination they invented umbrellas mm mm-hmm. um, no there was this artistic uh fascination with like capturing a scene just as the light was hitting it in that moment right and that like uh immediacy uh was transience yeah was was kind of what uh, capture the imagination of these artist at the time, like Monet would yeah. famously apparently revisit the same spot every day and just wait for the light to hit just right again so he could continue the painting. <laughs> it's but often, what an it...
1: experience of filming a golden hour <laughs> but about two centuries yeah. early.
0: Yeah, yeah. But so, like, often what it would end up being is like paintings that were painted within the space of like an afternoon, mm. rather than oh no. But like they, they were they were painted very quickly, and so that's why all the cut, all the, the figures are like block impressions of people, right. And it's not photorealistic, it's more like an impression of what they were looking at. Mm. And it was also came around the invention of photography, where they where there was this argument about like, well, photography is there for photorealism. Why Why bother well like painting is no longer restricted to being required to be photorealistic for the purposes of historical record anymore? So they can Mm. be like this purely artistic medium. Okay.
1: Well, I mean my question is like if those painters are so good, why is impressionism so bad? <laughs> what? Why does it all look bad? <laughs> if they were good, if they were talented. Well, it doesn't look bad. It all bad. looks like shit.
0: Is it that, is that your opinion?
1: Uh, I would say it's 70% of my sincerity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. I had never really appreciated it until I was there, and because this exhibit is Renaissance artwork like Rembrandt and Botticelli yeah. and shit side by side with Impressionist artwork. It sort of presents it chronologically, and it is like night and day when you walk into the impressionist room and you, because it's, it's got the sunflowers right in the middle, and the sunflowers right. are amazing. Right, it's, it's right. worth going just for that. But um, it's Van Gogh, man, <laughs> it's worth Van going just for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's worth it. <laughs> Nothing I say from now on. that. Leave, matters. leave. <laughs> All that in (laughs) and then drop the music
1: right at that point. Yeah, yeah.
0: Nothing I say is at any any point the music's already happened now.
1: (laughs) Uh, Pretty good. Might be the funniest thing that happens this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're about to talk about a giant monkey fighting a giant dinosaur. Talk about impressions. (laughs) Here's an impression for you.
1: That was concerningly
0: close <laughs> to some of the sound samples that they used. That was my impression of Edel Pillar. <laughs> Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. Prepared boy? Thanks for slowing down a little there. Uh, <laughs> give me a chance to get on the mic. I, that give was you a, good. I thought I was really over for a question. I'll just give him I'll just give him one or two beats. Yeah, I Shouldn't have right any more back than back three beats and Oscar
1: got real sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, he's going to fucking miss it. Two like, sweaty I boys. stall for this man. <laughs> <laughs> Talking monkeys. That's right. Talking big monkeys, big lizards.
0: Mostly because she's about 12. Right. Okay, great. Yep. If this is the episode that gets me canceled, I'm going to be very surprised. You're editing this one, so just oh. be careful, <laughs> big boy. <laughs> Ooh. We we might just cut straight back to Andrew saying, "Just be careful, big just boy." Just be careful, big boy. I'm that's not- the that's the There we go. It's a very. <laughs> that's that's big- what I was saying to
1: King Kong, the whole movie. <laughs> am I right?
0: We <laughs> quite early. No, no one will know, know all all about the comment. <laughs> the, the mysterious two-minute black hole that we just skipped yeah, over.
1: You're not giving you from the past an edit point. I think I've,
0: I think I think there's an edit point. <laughs> okay, we'll be fine. Uh, this this week we are talking about. 2021 film that we saw in cinemas. Getting pretty comfy with this in cinema chat now, boy. Mm. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. 2021 American monster film directed by Adam Wingard. That's right. Uh, Don't really know much about this dude.
1: I know that he was half of a spell from
0: Harry Potter. Oh, he... um, uh, He... Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, just no, hit. Yeah, yep, was, thank I you. Just, I just listened to that about three seconds later. That's
1: <laughs> no, pretty good. I was waiting for he it. I was th- ready for it to be left behind, but then I got a little a little uh a little validation in the mail. <laughs> You're welcome, boy. Thank he you.
0: did the English language uh Netflix film Death Note starring mm. Nat Wolf. That movie sucked. Not good. No, not good. No so, good. Surprising that this movie was I mean, we, we, we went into watching uh, Godzilla vs. Kong fully embracing the fact that it was gonna be batshit crazy and a bit of fun. We literally bought big boxes of popcorn. Yeah. Went in
1: there. I mean, I think I think you kind of know what you're getting into when you go and see a movie like that, but yeah. my fear is always that I'll get Terminator Dark Fated, where it's just terrible in a truly bad way.
0: Whereas I think, and we'll talk about it later, but I think that this movie was self-aware enough and was prepared to sort of... Be dumb deliberately in oh, a yeah. way that was like fully embracing what people were. I, I feel like we were getting like ironically, we were going to we were going to like ironically almost hate watch it, and it was fully embracing that and being like, no, we'll just turn this up to fucking fifteen. Well, I've you only ever seen to
1: the Roland Emmerich Godzilla, and so like my perception of this was gonna be like, oh yeah, I mean, which one's that one? That's the one with Matthew Broderick from, like, 1998. And I've right. been informed since I watched it that it is, in actual fact, bad. And <laughs> I really have fond memories of it, uh, but I have not rewatched it, I that's, think, since I was probably about 10.
0: That's the one with Godzilla, did, where Maccas did those, like, hand puppet toys, right?
1: Uh, oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That is exactly, yeah, those little rubberized hand puppets. Just for the um, record,
0: I don't remember the first Law of Thermodynamics, but I do remember that. Well,
1: what's really important? <laughs> and I didn't really know anything else about it. I haven't seen any of the other reboots or um, anything of... Well, you saw the
0: Japanese one, the Shin Gojira one.
1: Yeah, so, th- so these kind of... For some context, I guess, these sort of take place in amongst this other spree of Godzilla movies that have been happening. Uh, um, yeah, it's a sequel. So to It says
0: here on Wikipedia, it's a sequel to both Godzilla King of the Monsters and Kong Skull Island. And it's right. the fourth film in Legendary Studios' Monsterverse.
1: Yeah. So, that that and that was kicked off, I believe, by Godzilla 2014, directed by Gareth Edwards. Uh, so, yes. they've all had different directors... Um,
0: Fuck, three Godzilla movies Jeez. Yeah, exactly Godzilla is so boring <laughs> Um, Well, how, what do you mean? I mean, he, he's almost like In the same way as you can describe Superman As like a boring character Because he's this invincible dude mm. I feel like Godzilla is this like Invincible, enormous dinosaur Well, I think that's part of the fun Is that like you- He's there for spectacle in a cin- Cinematically, it's a very entertaining character. I and mean, again, we can... Yeah. We'll get off this and de- we'll derail ourselves deliberately. Okay, some yeah, point, sure. Great. Cinematically, he's very interesting because you can get all this large spectacle with modern effects. But I think as a character on paper, just like giant juggernaut dinosaur destroys city three times. Mm. I-
1: well, I think you just don't have your work cut out for you as much as people might think when they sort of look at the the surface of a Godzilla film because you're like, oh yeah, it'll just be dumb fight scenes. But then it's like, well, yeah, but you have to make those actually, you have to work quite hard to make those entertaining as is evidenced by, I think, particularly <laughs> the 2019 uh, film in this reboot, which is like King of the Monsters or some shit. Yeah. Um, because like there was a lot of criticism of that film because like the fight scenes weren't particularly, um, even like, Interpretable Like there was so much They were always at night And raining I and saw, stuff. I was
0: watching a review Where they were talking about How it looked like Those Transformers type fight scenes There was lots of cuts And it's very gloomy right, like Jurassic exactly. Park type shit
1: So like it's even Even if you're Even you know, if you're movie with focused.
0: famously Terrible special effects right, Jurassic, Jurassic Park Jurassic Yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah You got any more Spielberg films <laughs> To throw under the bus For there <laughs> um, so Schindler's List Wasn't the barn, born barn burn burner I was I'm hoping it <laughs> Spielberg Under the bus Stealing my fucking material. Bro. Yeah, you're welcome, brother. Um, So, I think, like, yeah, people think, like, oh, yeah, I know what this movie's going to be. It's going to be dumb fight scenes and shit, whatever. But um, it's not... That doesn't make it easy to do in an entertaining way, obviously, because you can then get fight scenes like John Wick, for example... Um, where they are entertaining, but there's yeah. lots of fuck. For every John Wick, there's heaps of fucking movies that
0: are very boring. I think there was very subtle, subtle degradations between like a John Wick and a. I was trying to think of a bad example of one of those things, but I mean, like I don't know. We that, don't watch those like, movies. Ta-
1: taken or some shit like. Yeah, well, I uh, feel th- like it's only have just a reputation, but not for the fucking action in them, right? I feel like it's
0: only just recently where I've developed an interest in going to watch movies that look like they'll be a dumb spectacle and going into it and watching them because they'll be dumb. And I'm going to enjoy that, right? Whereas I feel previously I was like, well, no, it's going to be I'm a dumb not gonna spectacle. I'm not going to see that shit. Yeah, exactly. so you know,
1: yeah. Um, or 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 a movie like Wonder Woman 84, where like it, the action is terribly paced, it only happens intermittently. <laughs> I
0: get of us have seen it. Well, yeah, but you
1: know, <laughs> like I haven't seen any of the other ones in this series either. So I think there's a there's an uh, there's an art to this. There's a difficulty to um making these kinds of films entertaining and uh well,
0: i'll be curious to hear what you think later on then in terms of where this sets wait and see mm-hmm. should we get into bit the news first yeah then, boy? let's do that god All that right. must be infuriating treat him mean keep him
1: keen <laughs> listeners <laughs> fuck you
0: infuriating <laughs> god no i, I want to know what the boys think of godzilla now exactly. you
1: have to fucking wait your turn
0: is it more of a is it what is, is it is it more of a fast and the furious or is it more of a john wick <laughs> oh
1: that's spicy Beef bullet My cat just looked at you like
0: Would you shut ( régling) the fuck up
1: It's very funny Well now she's looking at me like Would you shut the
0: fuck (granulevel) up (laughs) (ESCO) And now I'm talking And now she's looking at me And thinking Would you shut the fuck up she's still looking at me And I think that I'm the one That
1: she's gonna hold this against I'm
0: gonna give this cat whiplash (laughs) Yeah. Yeah First headline: uh, Netflix is near a four hundred million dollar deal for *Knives Out* two and three with Daniel Craig, (coughs) with Daniel Craig and Ryan Johnson uh, reprising their roles on both productions.
1: You know what's so fucked up about this is um, the main character of that fucking film was Ana de Armas.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. not Daniel Craig. Of course, shut
1: the fuck up. And Daniel Craig was like a minor supporting character with quirks and. I, I saw a Twitter thread on this recently. Anna de Armas she's was like, in next to none of the marketing material. I mean, on to, that. to and be I fair, know that she's not as much of a draw card, but she's not as much of a draw card, I think. not. Well, I mean, maybe he's a better actor than her. He's definitely more well established,
0: but he's in so much less of the film. Like, Oh, he's the bigger. He's the detective in the detective story. So to some degree, I understand that, like, coming off, like, genre tropes like Poirot and Sherlock Holmes, he's the. He's the detective, which would make you think he's the main character.
1: You spend so much. No, I think that's like marketing a film for its character. Actors. I think he's like, an
0: equal lead with her. I. She's definitely
1: strongly disagree. There's so she's in so much more of the film than he is in. She's def- I suppose main character in that. She's sense. in like sixty percent of that film, and he's in like maybe twenty five.
0: Yeah, I would say they're both, it's it's insane that she's left off a lot of the marketing material, but also the idea that she's a main character, mm. uh, I think comes from her role in the plot, which is not something you want to spoil in the marketing material. Mm. Like, if she is like front and center of all the marketing material, I don't know, I think they deliberately tried to throw you as this ensemble cast, because yeah, her, I mean, her, important role, her, her important role in the story isn't clear until later on in the piece. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm this news story. Whatever. It's um, the, po- the
0: point is they're making two more, and Daniel Craig is going to return as Benoit Blanc for two more movies.
1: Apparently. Well, furthermore, that sucks because I think his character was like not particularly. Like, not particularly interesting. It was fun while you were in the room with him, but I don't want to... S- Do you feel a burning desire to spend more time with Daniel Craig as that character? Like, well, I, think I am I, more than happy to leave him behind in Knives Out. I,
0: I think that what I am interested by is a completely new cast of characters and a completely new setting and a completely new plot devised by the same people that devised the first movie. So, yeah. if Daniel Co- if Daniel Craig is the vanilla ice cream that you need... But he wasn't. To have... He's the fucking Glace Cherry.
1: Anada Armas is the vanilla ice cream. No, I'm, I'm saying that he's the boring, nothing he's not. character. He's like, are you kidding? Mmm, it makes no damn sense. <laughs> Compels me though. My you reckon is, that's fucking vanilla ice cream? My point is that
0: I, I agree that I don't really find his character particularly compelling. He's like a Texan wild card, And
1: that's why it's so entertaining that he's the detective. It's funny
0: that Daniel Craig is doing an insane accent. Yeah, it's but insane. In the, but within the, within the scope of Knives Out, I think he is not as interesting as the plot and the whole cast of other characters like Jamie Lee Curtis and all that shit that are put together. Like, Bear with me. This God. is
1: like they said we're doing a Star Wars phantom Menace spin off
0: with jar
1: jar as the main character, but in this jar jar is well uh like uh well implemented no i think Not it's I, th- I think it's like we're doing it's a like star Wars phantom why the fuck is he the thing that you're Bringing across. You no, know no, what I
0: mean? I, I think it's like we're doing a Star Wars fan Phantom spin spin-off with Qui-Gon in it. It's a trilogy of Qui-Gon, no, Qui-Gon movies.
1: Qui-Gon is fucking vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Jar Jar is sprinkles. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you add flavor, but it cannot be your fucking main Daniel ingredient. Daniel Craig's movie
0: is in the movie a lot. He's the detective that figures, the, the, figures the,
1: the murder out. I think he's in the movie enough that he is the detective that figures the murder out. But he's like... He's, uh, he spent so much time with, like, just Anna De Amis and Chris Hemsworth. Justana De, De, De Amis going I, to these places of figuring shit out. I don't out. really know where just I'm De going with be I think it's insane that they're doing that. I think it's insane that they Well, They can't that do they two more bringing... movies with Ana Armas. No, but I don't think they should bring <laughs> Daniel Craig into it either. I think they need to true detective it and find, like, a completely different, like you say, completely different cast of characters. Yeah. But don't give me fucking Daniel Craig as a linking thread between them. <laughs> I Put don't him in it. a different fucking movie. He's a. He's give a... me a different. Give me. Okay, here's what I would like. Give me a different total wild card casting choice. I love those ones. So, like, yeah, you think Daniel Craig, okay, he's Bond. He's the worst character in the fucking world yeah. for being interesting. Like, he's right. the most boring man on the planet. And then he plays this, like, insane, way out there, right? Ch- like, creative choice, right? That's cool. I don't need to see that one again. No. That wasn't the best thing about that movie.
0: So you want, like, Don Cheadle playing an Irish detective or something? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> he
1: basically... Oh, Almost yes. did that in, <laughs>
0: in,
1: in Oceans Eleven, but um
0: Well you want Matt Damon playing an insane little pickpocket, do you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well you want Brian Pitt. Um, yeah. Uh so, but something You want George Clooney to lead a team of eleven criminals to <laughs> rob a casino, do you? Exactly.
1: Let's go with like Keanu Reeves playing like Um, a carny or some shit you
0: know what I mean like something that's Keanu Reeves playing an an Australian bushman
1: exactly yes Keanu Reeves doing Crocodile Dundee is something where I'd be like okay (laughs) now I'm on
0: board the the trilogy's not Ryan Johnson's three interesting detective movies it's Ryan Johnson tries to see what insane casting decisions he can get past Netflix I don't think I don't
1: think I'm interested in more things happening in that particular, just to that detective, like I don't know, it was yeah, it was fun. Leave it.
0: I think the detective is not very, not a very interesting character. What was interesting about Knives Out is the writing and the 15 other fucking characters that dude pulled out of his ass, and his... put into this like insanely, co- insanely like yeah. convoluted plot. That's so, true. if there's two and th- if there's one and two more. And they he's like, I've got two more insane plots and uh, two new, entirely different cast of characters. And Netflix is like, fine, can we put Daniel Craig in them again? Mm. And he goes, yeah, fine. Then, sure.
1: I think Daniel, yeah, I just think Daniel Craig's character was too quirky to be like a, you know. Oh, maybe watch, you know have what you what watch Poirot that much. Thread, no.
0: Poirot's also a very quirky kind of yeah. character.
1: I mean, I'm not, okay. And maybe like it, maybe a it could of work, those. but I would be more interested in them going in a different direction with it but also people probably froth that character
0: so yeah and it'll make it'll, See, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah i mean it's all sequels and shit i agree that it'd be nice to have original ones but if this is
1: yeah give ryan johnson something that's not a fucking part of a franchise <laughs> every time he has something that's not part of a franchise he fucking kills it and actually also did well with star wars but you know what i mean like stop making this man tread the same ground what else has he done looper
0: Lupa was good. No, yeah, I mean, what else has he done? I that's, agree.
1: That's part of a franchise that was Star bad. Wars. That was good. Well, I know, but the, the, but they fucked him with it. Like, and I, I just think like whenever he gets originality, he thrives. So I just want them to throw more originality at him. I don't want him to have to. I, okay, they're like your murder mystery made five hundred million dollars. Make eighteen more murder mysteries. Yeah, it's no, like, I know. Let what you mean. the man it's, go. It's a
0: bit of a cynical kind of play. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Okay. Speaking funny. of sequels and things, uh, a new trailer for the new Space Jam movie dropped during the week, showing LeBron James and giving a bit of like a oh yeah th- story. Showing just
1: about every character reference that they possibly could.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I haven't really seen the first one, but this trailer f- for the second one makes me feel like it's exactly the same as the first one. I, I started
1: came. rewatching the first one, I think, minus like nineties, probably nineties politics, and also like Lola Bunny. Yeah, holds up. It's pretty funny, even though you only started watching. It's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, on, I was muting the parts that Lola Bunny wasn't on screen, so... <laughs> no, I probably watched, like... I, weirdly, I probably watched, like, 45 minutes of it the other day. What's the it's whole thing in about eight minutes? Movie. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Skipping parts. Um, I reckon you should watch the first one. Probably instead of watching the second one.
0: To be honest, I think I probably have seen the first one in on like a school camp or something. Yeah, I'd,
1: I'd go back in, but like, like it I don't holds have. Up enough.
0: I don't have the nostalgia factor. It's also
1: well, it's not. That's the thing. It's not very nostalgic, but I think it is an artifact of its time. But it's a time you were close enough to growing up in that I think you would still find it entertaining. So like, if you, it's not nostalgic because you're like, oh, I love Looney Tunes with all like, because like I watch them. Well, you probably did watch them when you were Surely whether growing it's up.
0: nostalgic is dependent on whether or not I watched Space Jam as a kid. No, because it's so
1: rooted in that, like, 90s crossover consumerism. And also, like, the, like, like Mike is a film that I feel spun right off. Yeah, for, Space I feel Jam like my parents is.
0: didn't let me watch most of those, like, 90s pop stuff.
1: They're like, no, you have to watch The Beatles' Yellow Submarine
0: again. Yeah, I just watched, like... <laughs> Round the twist. Yeah. Well, and I mean my yeah. VHS of animated Batman cartoons.
1: Animated Batman cartoons are like much closer to this from than, the nineteen
0: sixties. You know. Okay, well
1: yeah. <laughs> those fucking rules though. They that were very sick. good. But like I think you'd probably get some good laughs out of the first one. And also you can see the the nineties influences are incredibly fun to look for, but not like so painful that they're tiring. Whereas I feel like this one, I will worry that it's gonna be uh ready player one, that's what I think, yeah, this is I mean, maybe,
0: be. yeah, and also, like it's gonna be aimed at kids that are gonna be going back and watching it in twenty years and so. I don't think it's gonna well, be like...
1: aimed at kids. I think it's gonna be aimed at big soy boy Marvel fan adults,
0: they'll probably fuck it, they'll
1: absolutely, yeah, they've got have you seen the ad? there's like wh- i I saw them freeze frame. Um, part of this trailer and in the background there's like four of the characters from Clockwork Orange and shit in it there's like all sorts of. the crowd is made up of like all of these different fictional characters you can see like the Scooby-Doo gang up on the hill in the background like it's just it's not made for kids well
0: that's kind of what the first one was the first one was made for kids no, but I mean like in terms of just like cramming all these different characters. in.
1: Only the Looney Tunes characters though. So it was just like it was probably an ad for the NBA but like, at least <laughs> it, I feel like they had a lot of fun with what they were given in a kind of Who Framed Roger Rabbit type way yeah. but this one feels like people were talking about um, Space Jam a lot on Twitter Yeah And fair then some enough. movie execs were like
0: Let's get on that Let's yeah. fucking go yeah, yeah fair enough And
1: then COVID happened yep. They were like
0: Oh no we're gonna lose the momentum <laughs> Dave Anthony yeah. The American stand-up That does the dollop mm. Have you heard his rant About how he's convinced The NBA is rigged Mm-mm. I, I've done it because I've, I've listened to I'm not going to do it justice but I've, I've, I've listened to him on several, it's on several yeah, on yep. Will Anderson's podcast and on the dollop and all these different podcasts I've heard him on throughout the years like anytime anyone brings it up it's it's like conspiracy theory it's this conspiracy theory that he is like he knows is true Yeah, it's like people go like oh, Dan, do you, uh, you want to talk about how you think the NBA is rigged? And he'll be like, well, the NBA is rigged. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He gets well, like... well, it is. <laughs> Yeah, is. <laughs> he'll be like, I'll tell you how I know it's rigged if you want. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but he's yeah. like completely 100% convinced that the, the NBA is rigged. It's so much fun to hear. I'm never going to be able to find a clip if I'm talking about it, but it's, it's good shit. Right. Fang um, it in if you can. I will, yeah. Uh, I won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Margot Robbie says there's a 20-hour cut of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Great. A quote, there's so much more that fans didn't get to see uh from the movie.
1: That seems like uh, that seems like she was like, oh yeah, there's heaps. There was like a, you know, there's like a uh, like a twenty hour cut. Yeah, yeah. I and don't think she's saying like, there is a twenty hour cut.
0: Yeah, I don't think she's saying that it's gonna be <laughs> like release the twenty hour cut. <laughs> <Yeah. But laughs> release the Tarantino cut. Fuck. I think she's saying uh, but she, she said in an interview with Variety there's a twenty hour cut of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that would there's so much more that you, you didn't get to see the We shot that was amazing and for a million reasons obviously can't make the cut. So I suppose you say there's heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps of footage. Yeah. Um I heard at some point that it was going to be optioned into some sort of TV series or something, I thought. Did I imagine that? Fuck off. Maybe not. Maybe it was just that oh, because this article says that he he split the Hateful Eight into sections as like a mini series uh, for Netflix, yeah. apparently. Um oh yeah, he's Tarant- in 2019, Tarantino created a chaptered miniseries version of The Hateful Eight. Earlier this year, he talked about doing the same thing for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't really know what that changes in terms of the content. but um, uh,
1: Probably just putting bits in and maybe a director's cut type thing. Yeah. Mute so, my audio for a sec.
0: No. <laughs> Okay, well I'm gonna be untangling my mic cord. <laughs> oh, I see right. Um here's another thing is that uh this article linked me through uh a news story I missed from earlier in the year. Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood novel set for a summer release date. Um like that he wrote? Uh it's a oh, I it doesn't I think I think he did, yeah. It's a movie novelization. And of course Tarantino <laughs> loves All sorts of old school Hollywood shit. And he says Uh, that back in the 70s, movie novelizations were a big thing. And like when you the home video, I listened to a podcast about this. Home video wasn't as much of a thing. So after you watched a movie you loved in the cinema, after it left the cinema, you didn't get access to that movie ever again. Oh, God. And so sounds terrible. movie novelizations were a thing that were developed as this way of like having a take-home thing that you could relive the movie through. And apparently... Just give them the script. Apparently they were so big. Um, well, yeah, but like kids aren't, you know what I mean? Like if you want to like... Yeah. It's, it's like a movie novelization of Star Wars and Jaws and all sorts of shit. Yeah. But they were such a big thing that um, they had like teams of authors that would write under pseudonyms and some author's entire job would be like crank out tens of novels a year and just do tens and tens and tens of movie novelizations for big movies that were coming out. And apparently, the way it would work is they were so a part of the Hollywood release schedule that, for example, the the guy that wrote the movie novelization for E.T. Yep. um, Mr. Spielberg. (laughs) uh, Was given the script like a draft script of oh, the like E.T. Of thing before the movie came out. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. And so shit changed in the movie while they were shooting it that wasn't changed oh, in the version of the script that the guy cool. that wrote the book was given. So you can see the differences from the novelization. I think in the script, uh, E.T. I – don't, I don't remember E.T., so I, I don't know the actual facts. But it's something like in the movie, E.T. likes Reese's Pieces because that's the brand deal they ended up getting. <laughs> but in the script, he <laughs> yep. likes M&M's. Great. And so that's what's in the book. God, and sucks. there's lots and lots of little details like that. There's um, there's uh, details for big sci-fi movies like I don't know something like something like, but not exactly the Fifth Element or whatever. Sure. Where they might have released that, and that has lots of crazy special effects and sets and big, big model cities of alien worlds and things mm. that aren't described in the script. So mm. the author just takes creative license to describe stuff in the book, and it'll be completely different. Totally different. In the movie. Oh, that's pretty cool. So they're this weird. It's this weird subculture of seventies. Sixties, fifties Hollywood that um, Tarantino is apparently has enough of an affection for that he's releasing a novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, well, I mean, good on him. Uh, Yeah, he says he has 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 an affection for this often marginalized yet beloved subgenre in literature, uh, and he's thrilled to have his characters uh, to further explore his characters in their world in a literary endeavor that can hopefully sit alongside their cinematic counterpart.
1: Like, further explore? Motherfucker, your movie was like three Three hours hours long. long. What do you mean further explore?
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Kind of interesting. I might... You know what? I might read it.
1: I... Oh, I, I bet twenty bucks you will never read it. No, probably won't. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, Anthony Ramos chosen to star in Transformers Seven. Don't know who that is, but they're making Transformers Seven. It's just a nightmarish headline. Yeah. Um, Ace Ventura: A third film is in the works. God it has been it. 26 years since Jim Carrey was last seen on the big screen as Ace Ventura. Uh, blah, blah 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 blah. Speaking to some sort of sales rep or something somewhere, uh, they are apparently doing a new Ace Ventura movie, and Jim Carrey is going to be involved in some degree.
1: Maybe Sonic the Hedgehog was a mistake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the the Morgan Creek production company team revealed more about their plans, which include Jim Carrey. Quote, we're pretty excited about our franchise developments with Exorcist and the Ace Ventura franchise. It's noticeable from the three million fans chatting on the official Facebook page for the Ace Ventura <laughs> movies that the audiences are clamoring See, for a just, third installment. They just tapped into the social
1: media, man. And then yeah. they're just like, oh, yeah, we're getting a lot of fucking traffic on this movie. Yeah. Better make another one. Also, 3 million likes on
0: a Facebook page. That is page, not very many. Not very many. Especially since most of the people are people like us that just like, back in the day, you would just like like on fucking everything.
1: Absolutely. God damn it. And there's like eight threads where people are like, oh, a new fucking Ace Ventura movie would be pretty good.
0: Uh, vicious. Yeah, I mean, he was he was good in the New Sonic movie. He but was like good. we don't
1: need another fucking- I, I'm, I'm doing some maths on my computer. Okay, so this is actually wild. According to my calculations, guess how old... So, Have you seen the first Ace Ventura film? Uh, yeah, but ages ago. Okay. Guess how old Jim Carrey was
0: when they filmed the first Ace Ventura film. All right. Well, I just saw in that news article that it was 26 years ago. Okay. So, I suppose the question is, how old is Jim Carrey now? Right. I'm going to guess 60, which means You're that one he, year wa- off, he was th- uh, 34. 33.
1: He was thirty-two when they released. You gave me the answer, and I still fucked it up. The first Ace Ventura film, so Ace Ventura: Pet Detective came out in nineteen ninety-four. Now he's way older than I would have thought he was in that film because I feel like he has the energy of like a twenty-two-year-old. But yeah, I don't know. He's got the comedic. I
0: don't really know which way, which direction I'm supposed to be surprised by.
1: Um, he's older than I would have thought, but like releasing a new because I was going to be like, oh, he was fucking like twenty-two when they made the first Ace Ventura. This motherfucker is sixty. Like, d- just don't. I don't know. Yeah. What's the story going to be? Is. Is it is he gonna? Is oh, it gonna know. be exactly the same? And he has, he's got he like has, this freaky youthful energy where he's like what crawling out of crawl spaces and shit. Here's it's what like, it'll be: this dude
0: is sixty. It'll be this dude who he, he he is like an outdated old man, and he thinks he's young, and uh, he, he's trying to like stay in touch with his his younger self. And he's got this young protege now, and it'll be like yeah, someone, maybe. but not exactly. It'll shy be like, Millie like, Bobby Brown, yeah, something like that. Exactly, it'll be like <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown, and. Trying uh, to try, try like Yeah, I don't know I can't. It'll, it'll be just like the fourth Indiana Jones movie It'll be right. that exactly But with uh, transphobic jokes and Hawaiian shirts
1: Well, okay So Ace Ventura, the first Ace Ventura Very bad on trans people <laughs> However Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls Only bad on like First Nations people And the native people of Africa ostensibly Well, that's so right. Totally not that bad um, <laughs> But what I was going to say is Incredibly funny movie Didn't know the politics at the time So wasn't taking that into account But extremely funny film 45% on Metacritic And on your fucking site 22% Or 25% 25% on on Ron That's
0: 75% of critics having an actively negative experience I think that is way... Way lower than that. Also, the be. internet didn't really exist at the time. So yeah, that's, like mostly, retros- reviews well, that's mostly retrospective reviews probably within yeah. the last few years and they're all giving it negative reviews because of how dated it is. Whereas the
1: bet. first one has 49% of Rotten Tomatoes. There you go. So that's 24% more transphobes.
0: Hell yeah. Very bad. Oh, no. Be- damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I got for news, boy. Okay. I probably I, I ended up closing a few. I got got a bit... I got a bit... Uh, I got a bit a bit pod shy on the last video. Oh, okay.
1: Well, Not going to be able to remember what they man, are because I sure, closed them. Sure. I should have confidence. That's all right. Should we time. get into the, the main the main event? Or have you got, got a little bit of beef okay. i got a little bit of beef Should we? I reckon I don't. But should we roll the
0: theme music and see how I feel? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> see how I feel? <laughs> okay, here we go. Pleasure. Business. Pleasure. pleasure. Business.
1: Pleasure. 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 Business. Pleasure. Pleasure. business pleasure. business
2: pleasure?
0: business pleasure. business pleasure. business
1: pleasure. business pleasure. business pleasure. business
2: pleasure. business pleasure.
0: business pleasure. Right. business pleasure. business business pleasure. business pleasure. business business pleasure. business pleasure. business we dedicate a significant portion of the show to our well-informed opinions on the official movie that we have chosen for discussion. That's right. But also, in between uh, dedicating time to business, we also have time for pleasure, in which we kick back and relax and watch shit that we want to watch, you know, for for fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been quite a while since we recorded another episode, and I have watched... A shitload of movies You can oh, see there's, there's my list there With Nomadland I've watched that many movies In the last couple of weeks oh, okay. Which is a fair few So uh, it's about fi- Listeners For your planet home Six
1: or seven Like eight men Wow Yeah A fair few there's, I was pretty close
0: Pretty close You're sort of pretty One or two them? off <laughs> No Is it eight? Uh, are you going to include Or exclude Nomadland? Excluding You f-
1: motherfucker
0: Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. six, Eat my poo poo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we got a lot of strong contenders for an episode title this week. (laughs) I'll talk about a few of them. God Um, damn it. I told you off the air in real life that I watched 12 Angry Men. Uh, That's a false flag We w- do not talk in real life <laughs> A week or two ago And I really liked it Andrew talked about it on the show Ages ago now But it's essentially, a, essentially It is a movie made in 1957 Based on a play mm-hmm. uh, In which 12 jurors uh, How do they feel? <laughs> they're upset <laughs>
1: okay. 12 upset men 12 upset jurors That's That's a <laughs> that's great that came out in
0: 1958 it's one of those like parallel thought things that's great 12 angry men comes out and the writers are 12 upset jurors are thinking fuck (laughs) we gotta pivot we gotta pivot oh we're fucked (laughs) 11 happy (laughs) jurors
1: fuck Uh, 12 monkeys (laughs) and also we're gonna have to wait 30 (laughs) years to (laughs) direct this we're gonna need a
0: bit more time to workshop this script then that's one hell of a pivot (laughs) Are we going to be able to get Brad Pitt Who's Brad Pitt (laughs) Perfect
1: Yeah my nephew Brad Pitt He's just (laughs) been born
0: (laughs) He'll work for free With the the catches He still shits his pants So we're going to have to wait for him (laughs) To be able to learn to speak Great Really good good stuff. Uh, 12 Angry Men. I really liked it. It was made in 1957. It's basically 12 jurors are locked in a very hot room in New York on the hottest day of the year and are left to deliberate over the proceedings of a murder trial. Mm. And they all have to come to a unanimous decision. And the movie starts with them voting, and it's 11 guilty, 1 not guilty. And the whole movie is just them discussing the crime in the jury room.
1: Who would win? 11 angry men or one skeptic boy?
0: You'll have to watch the movie to find out. It's I really enjoyed it. That was on Stan, I think. Um, it was. Thanks, brother. Uh, I also felt bad that we discussed the Oscars, and most of our Oscars discussion last week was haven't seen that movie. Haven't seen that movie. Yep. Haven't seen that movie. <laughs> so we watched Nomad Land a few weeks ago, and I think we both were a bit flat on it. Oh, wait,
1: have we not talked about it? We haven't on talked the pod? about it on the pod okay. properly. Yeah. But I, I think that. Uh, we oh, both so we should have probably counted Nomad Land, but no, because you said from Nomad Land. So what you're saying is I don't think that means it counts
0: Madland (laughs) yeah Yeah. Um, we both I I feel like I was decidedly quite lukewarm on Nomadland extremely lukewarm on it I I didn't dislike it I was just bored for a lot of it there was a lot of very slow scenes the movie is kind of about Frances McDormand's character who used to live in a mining town that is now shut down because the mine went out of business and she sort of functionally homeless and lives in like a caravan type thing that she travels around the United States in working odd seasonal odd jobs. So mm. if Amazon needs warehouse workers for six weeks, she'll go do that. Then she'll go do another six weeks' work somewhere else on the other side of the country. But the movie sort of seems to follow the lives of real people who for whom this is really their lives. And it's mostly seniors who it seems can't afford to retire. Um, yeah, and so yeah. they're just traveling around living in caravan parks and they sort of have they form these relationships with each other. That they've seen season after season after season. Um, but the movie you said afterwards... And I feel and Frances like M- McDormand's kind of new to that world. Yeah. So you're
1: seeing her come across these people for the first time and learn the ways that they live and be exposed to some of the problems that they have. And
0: she's quite uh, antisocial yeah. in a way. She doesn't yeah. really feel very comfortable with all these other people who are sort of these hippy-dippy types that are sort of... Mm have sort of almost romanticised their lifestyle as this, like, we're life on the road and we're in touch with nature and all that sort of shit. Mm. I think the way you described it is the way that I best uh, can identify with the movie as being um, a movie that should have been a documentary. Like, uh, Chloe Zhao, who I think wrote it, edited it, directed it, and produced it. Mm. She did at least three or four of those roles. Mm. Um It clearly cares very deeply about these people who are in, like, a lower economic class in the United States. But I feel like in terms of, like, a dramatic movie, I didn't really find it very interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just not sure why it's the movie that it is. And I'd love to hear a compelling argument for kind of why, but... I feel like you said this at one point about something, and it's been stuck in my head, but I cannot remember exactly what we were talking about. But you said the fact that you think that it's real, it might have been Queen's Gambit. The fact that you think that it's real for some reason, because I don't think Queen's Gambit was ever pitched as a real thing. But when I started watching it, I thought it was based on a true story. Yeah, The fact that you think that it's real and then you learn that it's not really trivialises it.
0: That's exactly what I said about Queen's Gambit because it was about a young girl who's very good at chess and beats all these grandmasters. Right. But it's not based on a true story. So yeah. it's like, well, yeah, anyone can invent a character that's good at chess. Right.
1: <laughs> well, and it sucks because, like, so, um, for example, the Botez siblings are two... Uh, I don't know how that is. Highly, is. I'm about to tell you. Uh. They're two highly proficient chess players playing as professionals currently and they're, like, I think 26 and tw- uh, 19. And, like, yeah, two women, extremely talented chess players. So, you don't yeah. have to base this shit in fiction. Like, these yeah. people really happen. It just wasn't quite as fantastical as you wanted it to be. So, I, I'm not sure. Like, Queen's Gambit's not really a fair thing to throw it under the bus for because I don't think it ever purported to be a, based on a, that is how I feel a about, true
0: thing. That is how I feel about that show, though, because it, it purports to be telling the amazing story of the up-and-coming career of this chess prodigy, mm. but they invent the chess prodigy. So, it's like, well, is there a child that existed that was able to beat Russian grandmasters? If there was, show me their story. I don't Don't mind that it's totally
1: fictionalized, but just for some reason... I I get what you're saying, but for some reason, in my head, it was based on a true story, and I just don't think it ever was intended to be. So,
0: how does that relate back to Nomadland? Right,
1: so... I feel like when I learned that Nomadland was actually, like, mostly documentary, I was like, well, this is way more interesting to me that these people are real, but I thought I was watching a fiction thing because your fucking top billing is Frances McDormand. That's a good point. I so I, we didn't... I was, like, ready for a three-billboard-style thing where she's, like, making her way across the country and it's, like, highly fictionalised yeah. and I get to invest in these fictional characters and stuff. And then it's this extremely nuanced, very slow. mostly documentary-style yeah. film that, like, yeah... Look looks great the cinematographer should be winning awards for it but i just don't understand and like i'm all for mixing mediums like experimentation is something that's like there should almost have been a cinema. title
0: card at the start yeah or, like shitloads like of marketing that gave you the premise for i suppose we didn't really I, I we tripped into this discussion so nomadland is a film that came out it's in cinemas right now as we record this but it's yeah of came out, maybe like, still yeah maybe we just oh no we we might have just missed it yeah it came out late 2020 it's in a content- it's in contention for loads of Oscars this year yeah which we, is why we about ended it, up seeing yeah. it yeah great we cool. mentioned it for um, the Oscars don't no see. that's a that's a fair point because I was a bit more impressed by it finding out that we had, oh that was that person was playing themselves and that mm. was so I, I almost wish there was a title card or something that said uh, this is a based on this is Based on the true lives and all the actors, you, a lot of the actors you see in this uh, improvising lines or whatever. The, I mean, whatever maybe
1: it was. E- even that I think would have been a bit unsatisfying to me, and I cannot articulate why, and I refuse to. So um, we'll just call it there, boy. I'll see you So yeah. no, I think what's frustrating for me is there's a level of inauthenticity to this that that just that just. Um, discolors everything else in in the entire film. And yeah. I didn't really realize it until the end, but it's left a really fucking sour taste in my mouth. Where it's like what, were none of these people interesting enough or perfect enough to be your protagonists? Like I feel like the point of documentary, especially like really interesting cutting edge documentary, which for the record, I don't think I would classify this as is, I think it was well Aside made, from the but, fact that it was also
0: not a documentary. Well,
1: right. But it mostly was, right? I think it just, it, it kind of, in a lot of ways, it was meant to be a, a documenting the process and the lives of these people. But um, enough of it was fictionalized that I feel like now I can't invest in it as this true story because yeah. I don't know how much they were making up and how much they weren't. And I feel like if it were, if it were a documentary, it wouldn't have been one that I chose to watch. And maybe that's why they did it. You yeah, know, maybe it started off being this documentary, but uh, they figured that it just didn't have enough like grab or whatever. But if it were a documentary, it wouldn't have been one that I chose to go in on. And as a documentary, it's not the most interesting doco I've ever seen. So that the documentative parts of it aren't like it's interesting, but not a fucking feature length documentary. No. Like maybe a doco short or something. It's interesting that there are people that live like this. But then you get this this weird situation and like this has broken my brain. I think I brought it up last week. The only comparison that I can make to this in my head is Borat, where it's like a feature-length piece where they're trying to get people in their natural environment, they're trying to get these naturalistic characters from real people who are essentially those characters themselves. And the only way that they can do that in a way that's entertaining or structured in the way that they want it to be is by putting someone who's acting in front of them and getting their genuine human response
0: to that thing. There's a new movie on Netflix now called Bad Trip. Mm. with Eric Andre in it, that is a similar thing, where it's basically, a t- it's a fictional movie, but all the scenes in it are like Eric Andre pranks from the Eric Andre show. Right. So everyone else in the movie are real people, and he's Eric Andre is like yeah. prank, pranking and, people. And, and
1: prank shows are the only medium I've ever really seen this done in, where you've yeah. got this like central figure that's acted, or a performance, but everyone else is kind of legitimate yeah. and authentic. I- and so it's just like, okay, I appreciate that you're taking this for the first time, and um, attempting to break the medium open and see what you can do to take this like really seriously and treat everything with a lot of respect, which Borat isn't really doing. <laughs> and then, but, but the problem is like you're asking me to then imbue this with an emotional value because of its real human story.
0: But I feel like you're just compromising it. I wish I'd read more... I wish I'd read more about it if I'd known that we were going to dive into it because I, I really like this discussion. That's just my, that's no, my rant. Just I, I agree with you, and I wish I, I, I wish I'd read more about whether the actors were improvising or whether there's a script and they found people mm. who were living in these caravan parks and were like, "Hey, do you want to so be in a thing scene that, real quick?" The, the or thing did that's they like me off in- about
1: that? There's there's the bit about the swallows because I think that's kind of answered in the film. Sorry to cut you off, no, but I think right. that's kind of answered in the film. where there's this woman who. And, like, okay, so her character, this is sort of spoilers for Nomad Land. <laughs> sort Sorry. of. The, the, her character um, ends up having... she, So she shares this very personal memory with Frances McDormand about, like, she's canoeing or kayaking on this river at one point, and there's, like, dozens or thousands of swallows that nest in this uh, rock wall near where she's kayaking, and they all start flying around her, and then she feels like she's suspended in this massive, like um dreamlike state with all of these swallows above and below because they're reflected in the water around her. And you think like, man, that's a really beautiful thing to recount. And I can understand the purpose of it, where it's this person's singular solitary lived experience where they think, I I've I've been kind of part of this interconnectedness with nature and I'm okay with passing on now because I understand kind of like who I am, where I sit with all of these things. Yeah. And then at the end of the film you see cell phone footage. That she's taken or like footage that is of that. And I still don't know if that was taken by this woman that told the story in in Nomad Yeah. Or if it was if they went there and got it and they made it look like it was taken by someone who was experiencing that. Or if it was someone else's story that she got to tell. Yeah, I
0: definitely felt I don't like understand f- whose story I'm seeing. I definitely anymore. feel like the film didn't really know what it wanted to be. Or it wasn't making it clear to me. Granted, yeah. though, to not trip on it too much. The cinematography I thought was beautiful. Yeah, it looked all great. the amazing American landscapes make me want to go there and see the natural world in America more than I ever have before. And Frances McDormand is fantastic in it. Like, yeah, you, she just feels if, like a character. Yeah, it's a very nuanced, subtle performance. But if you think about the difference between this performance and maybe like Fargo and yeah, three billboards. Yeah. They're three very different performances. Yeah, she's,
1: she's so subdued. She's an extremely good nuanced actor. Yeah. There's a lot of subtext to her character where like she feels a lot of difficulty attaching to people or places or sort of settling down or whatever. So you you know your initial perception of her is that she's struggling to she's struggling to get by and that she's kind of forced into this life, but it becomes clear later on that that's not really the case. Yeah. And then again, that's a very compelling Character, but then it just feels so weird when you. It's fine if a if all of the characters in a narrative piece are fiction, but then the fact that only one of them is, I'm like, well, why would I care about you then? I only care about
0: these real people. But they might also all be actors. I don't really know. I wish I'd read more about it. Yeah, they're credited as
1: themselves. It's very strange. Anyway, but then like I got hung up on that. I didn't have the same necessarily um, perspective as you did on like the pacing of the film. I think it was. Interesting while I was watching it, but it just left me with this weird fucking feeling at the end where I was like, I don't really know how to feel about what I just watched. Well, I know know some people, a
0: friend of the show, Mary, was just saying that her parents watched it and loved it. And on the review page that we look at on Letterboxd, heaps of people said they've loved it. So, it's
1: getting incredibly... I mean, it's nominated for Best Picture.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say see it if you're interested in it. The only reason I saw it is because it's nominated for an Oscar and uh, it's f- it's got all this buzz and so I, w- I wanted to see it. With, yeah, well, I saw it based on the
1: critical acclaim,
0: but yeah, I don't... Yeah. Um, I don't know. Another, don't another really few quick ones, I suppose. Oh, sure,
1: sorry. We've got like 10 to get through. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh,
0: no, I'm not going to do all of them. Um, another few quick ones. I watched Sound of Metal, which is nominated mm. for... Uh, a fair few Oscars, amongst them Riz Ahmed's performance for Best Actor. I think it might be nominated for Best Picture. I don't know, but Riz Ahmed is definitely nominated I think for Best so. Actor. I think it is. Um, I loved this movie, and It was so good. Yeah. Um, I've heard <laughs> only good things. I was literally turned off it for a little while because I don't like heavy metal and was worried that there <laughs> would be heavy metal in it as a right. core concept. There is no heavy metal in this movie. Great. Uh, the movie starts with them being in like a loud rock band, and he's the drummer in this like metal band, I guess. But. Um, Within the first five to ten to fifteen minutes of the movie, it's in the trailer. Um, you drop it. Drops the fact that uh, Riz Ahmed is having problems with his hearing, and he goes to a doctor. And the doctor is like, "Yeah, man, this is permanent. You have some sort of degenerative hearing thing, and very quickly you're gonna you're gonna go completely deaf." Uh, and the whole movie takes place with Riz Ahmed going to this. Uh, his girlfriend drops him off at this like community. It's like a little village, like a little. I suppose it's like a... I don't know how to talk, Like a community of deaf people. And it's like a deaf education community. Right. Slash... It's also like an NAAA, Narcotics oh, okay. Alcoholics yeah, Anonymous yeah, yeah. type community. So he lives with 15 other people who have all had a, a history of drug abuse or alcohol abuse or whatever and they're all deaf and they all live on this like commune type place where they help for the upkeep of the place and they all know how to speak sign language and all that. So uh, most of the movies like Riz Ahmed coming to terms with uh, the fact that he's a professional musician that now is losing his hearing and learning uh, how to do sign language and communicate with all these other deaf people in the the community. it's a really compelling drama. It's great, man. It's really good and he's he's brilliant in it as well. Mm,
1: yeah, I've heard that his his performance is amazing. The yeah. guy that
0: plays uh, Paul Racy is nominated for best supporting and he he plays like the uh uh the leader of this community and he's this like Vietnam vet guy that's breath right. now that is like the like a father type figure to all the people that live on this little like Little commune community thing, mm-hmm. and the whole movie. The whole movie is uh, Riz Ahmed struggling to come to terms with his deafness. Them look, them trying to trying to tell him that like uh, they don't see it as a disability. They see it as like a, a key part of who they are. And right. Riz Ahmed trying to come to terms with whether he should be like looking for some kind of cure or whether he should be embracing this community and the whole time he's trying to think about like how he, how he can get out and start his music career again. Can he? Can he not? Is that going to be... Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm definitely going to go into and watch sick, it. It's sick, man. Right.
0: It's great. And it's available to stream on Amazon. Amazon. Prime yeah, video. so it's available. And you can rent it, I think, on YouTube and shit. Mm, I've been meaning to do that. It's worth watching. So out of all the movies that I've watched in the last couple of weeks, I would say those are the two that I was most keen So to talk run about.
1: through rapid fire what the rest of them are.
0: Uh... Operation Varsity Blues is a documentary on Netflix about the college admissions scandal where rich people were making donations to sports teams uh, at different yeah, colleges ended up in jail for that to I think. get their kids in those college teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really interesting and the cool part about that was that all the dialogue in the movie was taken from like FBI type recordings of conversations <laughs> that were then like wiretaps or like yeah interviews? like wiretaps oh, shit, shit that were then wow, cool. uh, dramatised by actors so the movie is all oh, actors so,
1: but it's real dialogue but
0: all the dialogue is real wiretap shit that's a and funny so it, way to do it it's this weird like lives of others style voyeuristic look into what people are the fucked up shit great that these about rich about people say it's oh, great I'm gonna check out <laughs> it's just a little drive by there <laughs> um, the, the fucked up insane sh- this shit that these rich people are saying to each other when they think that no one's listening it's really, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was called... Co-
1: yeah, the- that sounds like... Uh, up there for me, I should it's cool. <laughs> check
0: it out, Operation Varsity Blues. Yeah, that was that one. I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is oh, another yep. one that's nominated for a lot of Oscars. That is based on a play. It's set in like the twenties, somewhere in the northern states of America. And the notable thing about that is that Chadwick Boseman
1: is posthumously nominated. Yeah, so that was Black the Black Panther. Yeah, he's posthumously nominated for his performance. In that yeah, movie. he's great in it as it's best based, actor, right?
0: It's based. Yeah, it's basically all set in the rehearsal band room. In a music recording studio in like the 20s, uh, and it's this like uh, band comprised of uh, black Americans that are about to record a session for this singer named Ma Rainey, who was apparently famous, but I guess she's like a Ella Fitzgerald, Billy Holiday type, that back then. Um, and they are having an argument with each other about how they're going to do all the parts, and it's 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 half looking at the music, but underneath the that very surface level, it's about uh, the black America the black American experience mm. in like at like the turn of the century, and it's it's a critique of white co opting of black American culture. Mm. There's a bit that I sort of don't want to spoil, but it's like a, a very cynical look at like white people ripping off uh, black American jazz and so soul doing music, like a
1: green book type. It's a or it's, or it's a bit it's... a bit like that, yeah. Uh, and but so the ho- but Green Book was not aware of it doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: Also, think... this movie is like a deliberate critique of that. Okay. I think okay. it was but when it was the a kind play, of opposite. Of Green when Green it Green was Green. a Broadway play back in the day, it was as well. Yeah, um, yeah okay, so, cool. uh, It's kind of hard to describe what it's about, but I really I really enjoyed it. Can and I if ask if you, a
1: bit of a Kerbal question. Yeah. So a lot of the time when you hear about these types of films that are adapted to cinema from plays, the way that they are filmed can be quite theatrical. So often you'll have like. You know, it, a lot of the cinematography will feel very flat on or like it's all set in one room or whatever. So you said it was mostly set in this band room. There's Would you say of... that it feels like it's theatrical in the well, way that it feels on screen? I mean, other
0: than the fact that it takes advantage of the fact that it can do some sweeping establishing shots of like the period Chicago or whatever it is, mm. Which you can't do in a play It feels like the play Would have entirely Taken place in this band room Right But the movie moves Between the band room And the studio And then it moves To the city But then in terms of Like the cinematography There's a lot of really Interesting close ups Of the characters Yeah because plays Didn't
1: have really good Dialogue and monologues Well
0: yeah And there's a lot of There's a lot of that in this And Chadwick Boseman There's a specific monologue That's excellent Great He is a very young Trumpet player In a band That's these very Older established guys That have been playing This music for decades
1: Right so they're and like, I've been around long enough to know what's yeah. going on. And he's like, yeah, but you don't, you haven't thought about it like this. Yeah. So.
0: And the idea yeah. is that this singer is very famous, but is kind of old hat. Right. And right, right, right. no one gives a fuck about this style of music anymore because people want to listen to new swing and jazz type music. Mm. And she, she's she been around long enough that she's been popular since before recorded music was a thing, I think. Okay. And this is like her coming in to do big numbers and she's like throwing the weight around a bit. And so these old guys are like, "We've been playing this music at this for fucking years, man. Who are you to come in and tell us how to play?" Right. And he he's screaming, he's yelling back like, "I've got these new arrangements." I'm a young person. I know what the young people want. This is what they, we should be. playing. is the future, so old man. And it turns into this argument about the role of black men in American society. That gets these very heated, very emotional arguments where you get these really nice close-ups. Yeah, mm, yeah. Cool. And so you feel the claustrophobia of these guys all trapped in this hot little band room downstairs. Okay. I suppose you get that same, a similar kind of energy, maybe to like a Twelve Angry Men type thing, I'd which is another one based think, on a play.
1: Interested to hear if you feel the same way about uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, I'm keen to see it. Yeah, um, you should see that. I'd, I'd be keen to hear your, your thoughts on a yeah. comparison between those two. Um where did you watch that? That's Netflix. That's on right? Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I, I think
0: out of all the movies I watched, The Sound of Metal is my favorite. Mm. But I think that Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is also quite good, and yep. Any all others? the performances are great. No, that's probably that's probably right. the others Just probably aren't worth talking about. Others. I watched The Dish, yep. which is the movie that the Castle guys wrote did after they <laughs> yeah, did that's the Castle.
1: Very famous among our parents' generation yeah. in Australia, but I have never watched. It apparently sick. has a fucking banging
0: soundtrack. The Dish is great. I watched yeah. that. Uh, I watched What We Do in the Shadows, which is a New Zealand mockumentary, about... Uh, vampires living in Wellington in the modern day so which, which is is a very film good film
1: directed by Taka
0: Watiti. uh yep and I think that's probably it man that's mm. it cool okay. and Godzilla vs Kong which is what we're talking about now good segue thanks brother God's give it a honey never left the list Here we go We come in you already know the risk Here we go We never settle cause we know we're bad Here we go on it These are dangerous times is out there and he's hurting people, and we don't know why.
1: There's something provoking him that we're not seeing here.
0: I'm of the same opinion.
1: The myths are real. Yeah. There was a war. And they're the last ones standing. I can't
2: reach it for greatness because I'm built
1: from it. Who bows to who? Nobody gonna stop for me bows to no one. So I'm guessing the trailer music just played. Oh the, yeah, uh, so so we're, we're
0: doing Godzilla. Mm. Let's get into it. Mm. So I suppose if we are coming out of the trailer, God knows what the trailer is established. After I did the edit last week. <laughs> well,
1: whatever you just heard was the trailer. So.
0: <laughs> the trailer very clearly explained a lot of stuff for Promising Young Woman. And then we were like, so this movie is about this thing. <laughs> Damn, and yeah, like, yeah, was yeah. It, And it's like, yeah, I know. I just, yeah. I just heard just, I know, that. bitch. I just played the trailer. <laughs> and I didn't think about it very much. Um, yeah. yeah. I cut uh, that
1: audio in at about 11.45 at night. Yeah. So I was just like, but <laughs> it's going so crazy. Godzilla
0: versus Kong is about this giant monkey named King Kong. Actually,
1: I think the trailer of this one, interestingly enough, cuts the fight scenes to like hip hop beats. Oh god! So every time like King Kong like makes contact, it'll yeah. be like, boom, t- boom, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is very weird in a monster film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like exactly that kind of shit. <laughs> I think
0: it's that's like, good. I got it. I got there in the end. Bad, yeah. I got a headache.
1: If now, if you really want to challenge yourself,
0: yeah. Not not doing that On no. those key beats <laughs> Cutting the Yeah, fuck yeah
1: Come on I'm, I'm tasking you With the challenge I mean, Especially
0: I know that my tempo Is a little bit off there Okay, so, so
1: either Oscar's gonna Oh, you can just cut the key Like the noises in On the beats of your Little fucking Performance there I think that'll All work right. Didn't mean to refer to it As your little performance <laughs> there I think <laughs>
0: Not indicative of how I really feel. I I felt more eight years old than at this exact moment. (laughs) Your little performance. That's good. I'm going to use that a lot.
1: Your little performance there. Yeah, hoping I never am on the receiving end of that. Quite brutal, if I'm honest.
0: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Godzilla versus Kong. Let me read this fucking summary. Go off.
0: Fuck, what tagline, is the tagline? King is, Kong, comma, a giant gorilla <laughs> right, fights yes. Godzilla, Kong, Mr. Comma. Kong, <laughs>
1: <Kong-er>. <laughs> Hell a yeah. giant lizard. Um, The tagline is One Will Fall. Does the movie come out in autumn, do you reckon? In a time when monsters <laughs> walk the earth, humanity's fight for its future sets Godzilla and Kong on a collision course. Huh? King Kong? Kong Legion course. That we'll see the two most powerful forces of...
0: which Kong? Which Kong? King or Hong?
1: One in the other, yeah. Then we'll see the two most powerful forces... Most
0: powerful forces... <laughs> Kong Kong Im, King Kong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the two most powerful forces of nature on the planet collide in a spectacular battle for the ages. That's from
0: letterbox.com. The island of Hong Kong is going to fight Godzilla inside, <laughs> inside the giant King gorilla Kong's King bottle. Kong. Yeah. Fuck yeah.
1: Very good. Okay, uh, so for a start. That's what they mean when they say free Hong Kong, huh? <laughs>
0: Fuck. cut that oh, I'm okay with that being in there if you are. <laughs> <laughs> as long as we make it very What's clear. Up to you. <laughs> <laughs> which side Andrew is on and completely ambiguous which side I am mm-hmm. on. So, so this podcast is a perfect little time Set capsule. Set on mainland
1: China. I'm not afraid of assassination attempts.
0: <laughs> well, considering I'm probably not getting around to getting off my hiney and editing this for a good three years. I thought you
1: were going to say, you're not going to China anytime soon. Well, I'm not now. Well, yeah, true.
0: <laughs> um, so considering this is the fourth film in the fucking Godzilla slash King Kong Monsters franchise, we weren't going to see this under any sort of pretense where we gave a fuck what was happening. We just wanted to see... We just wanted to see the giant gorilla fight the giant dinosaur. Well,
1: I didn't even think I did, but then a friend and previous guest of the show, Pat, was extremely hyped about this. Yeah. And he was extremely hyped about this on a time scale that means that you just kind of are forced. When someone keeps talking about how excited they are for something, you sort of forced one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I was either like, I was either going to be like, Pat, Shut the fuck up about, <laughs> about. Godzilla versus Kong twenty twenty one. I'm sick of hearing you talk about Godzilla versus Kong twenty twenty one. It's
0: been three years. It's been three
1: <laughs> cunting years. You've been talking about this one since before the prequel, apparently, according to Oscar. But in this case, it went the other way, and I was like, "All right, I too am also psyched. All in. I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I'm not excited enough to watch the pre like the previous ones in the series because no. they're technically not prequels, but previous ones." But this is a sequel. But I am excited enough to go and see it. Great. And I think the cinema is the perfect place to see this
0: movie. Yeah, big spectacle, big dumb movie.
1: I, I will say you don't have to watch it on a big television, but watch it with a big. Fat sound system. Yeah. This movie's uh, sound design is Oscar worthy. You invite you someone see. to go and see... As in, you, it's worthy of you <laughs> seeing
0: it. Worthy of Oscar going to see it. <laughs> Hell <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he did. I'm sorry, sorry, I troddle over that. That was good. No, that's pretty good. Um, Sorry, I, I like the... Uh, you yes-ended me.
1: Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Thanks. You're a regular Schwartz to my middle ditch.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. It's a reference to... Uh, I'm not giving you anything. I
0: feel like I, I feel like I was uh, sort of just riding your coattails there. I was more of like a Robin to your Batman. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say I've ever a Brad Pitt to your George Clooney. Okay. A Chewbacca
1: to your Han What's, Solo. I think that's extremely harsh to Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Chewy to Han Solo is fair, but honestly, I
0: think it's more in the script. I'm sort of feeling a bit indignant about me complimenting you now. I'm like, hold on, <laughs> Now, If anything. I've, I've Luke just made a good analogies. and I'm paying you to fly me to Tatooine or wherever the fuck they go. <laughs> it's not Tatooine. They start on Tatooine.
1: I think at some point Luke does go to Tatooine.
0: No, he starts on Tatooine. Well, I mean, yeah, he's
1: born there, but he's fucking.
0: Oh no, he wasn't born there. Oh, no,
1: no, okay, he was I'm born on Anakin.
0: I think he was born on Naboo, or maybe maybe Mustafa. <laughs> he was born in that. Born on Mustafa. <laughs>
1: What? I mean, maybe. I don't <laughs> know. That doesn't sound right, dude. That sounds like he was born in a Lion King character. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's the same idiot.
0: shit. <laughs> so we watch the giant monkey fight the giant <laughs> Try lizard. Try to
1: podcast. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Um. So something that I hadn't realized uh, before watching this. So this movie, the vague premise of the movie is that there is this Billion Large lizard <laughs> <laughs> And yep. he's gonna fight This giant gorilla Biggest monkey you've
1: ever seen <laughs> <laughs> Well probably
0: You know like an orangutan It's like at least twice that size uh, Yeah, Silverback
1: yeah. gorilla But like way bigger way At least bigger. like 10 times bigger <laughs> Probably more Probably like 30 times bigger Probably like 40 <laughs> times bigger but
0: Seriously though you don't see his giant dick, do you? You
1: don't. He has—he's caked up. You see his butt. He's got a
0: giant. Oh yeah, of,
1: glutes. Honking up there. great ass. Right up there. Right up in the sky.
0: He's clearly doing squats. No dick. But he's not doing whatever exercise it is that makes your dick bigger. No,
1: he's a real gorilla. Ken I've been doing doll. those
0: for months. <laughs> uh, how you been finding it? <laughs> Inconclusive. Can, can no longer cross my legs. Okay, great. Um, this he... is the only episode that's going to be in the feed from now on. <laughs> Gonna delete all the other ones.
1: Godzilla versus Dong. <laughs> there we go. Um, so uh, yeah, he's um, no, you don't see his dick, and that's maybe the most disappointing thing about this film because mm. the rest of it,
0: very good. I liked it. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of insane sci-fi shit in this movie, and I didn't realize until previously that all the other movies are apparently quite.
1: They're very grounded, realistic, and yeah. grounded. Yeah, like yeah.
0: apparently the King Kong movie, for example, is like. Kong them, Skull Island Yeah, it's like them fighting him Or fighting Godzilla or whatever With tanks in the 70s mm. This movie has a billionaire Like an Elon Musk this type This movie's character. based in the
1: same universe as fucking Tron Like That's the
0: technology they have So the previous yeah, movie they was have them Hover fun-
1: hover like aircraft That can literally float in the air With like energy engines Yeah,
0: so the previous movie had like them Just fighting these monsters with tanks and like rifles and shit. This one has like hover spaceship Star Wars type ships that they need to pilot down to the hollow Earth. There is an enormous Which is true, just like in real life. There's like a second layer to Earth. There's like a yep. like an underworld jungle type area.
1: Right. So Earth is Earth in itself. We're on the outer crust of a sphere that has an inner crust. If you imagine like imagine a jam donut. Imagine, like, a jam donut, but there's no jam in it. Right. Okay, so you've got, like, a hollow center, but then imagine that someone has like made to it... Let's point out
0: right now that it is Easter Monday and Andrew is <laughs> scrambling for analogies which involve a <laughs> hollow thing with something inside. Keep going. What Was that a jam donut with no jam now in Now I it?
1: feel quite dumb. You're an idiot. But <laughs>
0: okay. No, sorry, what were you saying? A jam donut with no jam. Going. but because Like a very thin layer of jam... If jam, no jam- no hole, <laughs> <laughs> because if it was a jam donut with no jam... there's no
1: fucking famous thing called an Easter egg hole, mate.
0: Because if it a jam donut with no jam there wouldn't be that much of a space in the middle. I think, well, okay. It depends on who's giving that, that it to you, but you. That wouldn't give you much space to shove a giant monkey and a few spaceships <laughs> down. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying I would I would expect something like a jam donut that's a very thin layer. In a very imagine
1: l- a small donut. Okay, now imagine someone's made like, I know donut holes aren't actually cut out of donuts. They're sort <laughs> of made separately. Oh, no, I, know, whoa, I hate, to be, hate to tell you Santa's not real here, but... <laughs> Imagine someone just thinking that's all in on the donut analogy and then is informed that Santa's, that Santa's not Santa's real, not real. <laughs> <laughs> So like imagine there's a tiny donut a, that has like t- well not tiny a tonut. A tonut, thank you. Did you go to those tonut parties at <laughs> parties at uni? <laughs> Fuck. <Donut> um, party. <laughs> so when <laughs> tonut is a type of porn. Um when there's like this tiny donut hole. And I'm, I'm sure every listener on the planet knows what hollow Earth theory is. There's like a smaller sphere inside the Earth. So you effectively have... Now, the only I mean, important thing they about didn't, this is... The
0: phrase hollow, hollow Earth theory means doing, that they now do. Doing
1: a fair bit of heavy lifting to explain it, I would say. <laughs> but, but the key part of hollow Earth theory is that it's not just hollow. There's a smaller, tinier planet inside Earth. Right. And so you've got effectively four surfaces. You've got out-Earth layer, inner, larger Earth layer... Outer smaller Earth layer, and then I guess that's the only surface because there's no surface to the inner Earth layer. So I was wrong when I said four. There's actually three. It's a surface. Surface. That's very good. It's pretty good. It's very it? clever. It's pretty good. Yeah. I wasn't
0: listening to a word you were saying because my cable fucked out, but I heard something about surfaces oh. and hollow donuts. Okay? Now we're all good. It's fine. Okay, we're, we're all
1: good. So three surfaces. So and and that matters because of the way that this film is shot. <laughs> <Where> <laughs> at one point, they definitely transverse all three very quickly right. and quite disorientingly. So the, the,
0: the idea behind the movie is this: billionaire has this giant mecha Godzilla.
1: Elon uh, <laughs> Spanish, uh, Melon Usk, Spanish Melon Usk. Yep, yeah. flipping thing Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, Well it would be milon ask But I, he's also Spanish So I think well, I think milon
0: ask Yeah because the EU milon ask yeah. So Elon Musk Has got this giant Fucking Mecha Godzilla Robot thing Well
1: that comes in About three quarters Of the way through the film
0: <laughs> But he needs to power up The ro- he, he needs that's, like, like,
1: that's why they go To the centre of the earth yeah.
0: So okay Shut the fuck
1: up <laughs> First things first Kong in the last 40 years has been imprisoned in a Right,
0: so this movie skips 40 years <laughs> yeah. between King Kong and a lot and of Kong shit similarly
1: to what you've just heard on this podcast. It skips over a lot of stuff <laughs> that doesn't actually get explained very well <laughs> in the, in the universe of whatever you're listening to. So, it starts off by establishing King Kong, the main
0: character Except of this in the the context of this podcast, things are being not very well explained in Gun Garland oh, rather yeah. than yeah. in the context of the Yeah, movie.
1: exactly. Instead of in a sound stage in Hollywood. Yeah. So King Kong is a main character. So it starts off focused on him, and you find out he's been encased in this sort of like Truman Show style huge dome on Skull Island from the 70s, Kong Skull Island, 2017, I'm for right. his own protection, okay? And the reason why it's his own protection is because in 2014, the Godzilla film, and I think in also some of the other ones, Godzilla's sort of been an ally to the people, where it's been fighting off other... Sort of been an ally to the people. What? Burped, so I'm giving you another Go- line.
0: I thought Godzilla, like, destroys the... Cities. No, no, no. So
1: shit. I think Mothra is the bad guy, and, and the Hydra thing is like the bad... Villain and a couple of other ones, so that's what? why I keep saying like Godzilla is an ally. So in the earlier films, like Godzilla is not the enemy of the people. What? Honestly, are you doing a bit? No. Okay. So in the, uh, I think in the earlier films in this franchise, Godzilla is like not, uh, not the enemy. There are large other monsters that it fights in order to kind of defend humanity slash assert its dominance over them. Okay. So there are other titans like Mothra and like the Hydra thing that are. Um, I think it's Kaiju that... Are, no, Kaiju is the... Term <laughs> Kaiju is the thing whatever. from... Yeah, for monsters. So huh. it, it, there's like a, a giant moth and a giant hydra that it fights in order to like assert its territory and maintain its territory and whatever. And it ends up like kind of not being adversarial to humans. So then all of a sudden in this film, they're like, oh, Godzilla's going nuts. It's, um, it's starting to be dangerous to humans and also, it's dangerous to King Kong, so we have to encase him in this giant dome to, like, hide his energy signature or some shit so that Godzilla doesn't really know where he is. But King Kong is, Godzilla is, like, is
0: like what, tra- tracking down all the big monsters right, and, and killing Right, and then
1: them. it's kind of explained passively a little later in the film that, like, he's a titan and King Kong is also a titan, and there's this thing about titans where they all want to be the fucking alpha and so they will seek each other out and destroy each other or, or like, you know, kind of form a hierarchy, and Godzilla's trying to find King Kong and kill him.
0: Was this all clearly divine in that movie made from the 30s with Godzilla the puppet on top of the Empire State Building?
1: None of this. This is all monster universe reboot shit, and none of it is...
0: Can you imagine like writing this shit?
1: I-, I can imagine writing it with like a big You're smile like, right, on so my face. Godzilla Being like, and
0: King Kong, yeah, King Kong for eighty years. Ago. Yeah, They're titans, and they have like a like a, like, a, like a like a like a psychological psychic bond between them, where they can sense it's each in other. In the DNA, yeah. And there's the Hollow Earth, right? So you've got these monsters. So King Kong's in a dome. And humans God's
1: can th- humans have flight energy, flight technology like anti-gravity technology. So the okay. movie is so King Kong's in this giant dome. And uh, he's like kind of throwing shit at it and breaking holes in the dome. So he's like, it's very clear that this situation is like not going to last very long because either he is trying to escape or he's getting sick of it or whatever. Cut two Godzilla um, attacks a human city city technological base thing that's owned by... Elon Musk. Melon Usk. Uh, <laughs> and you don't really know why.
0: Melon. <laughs> Introduce
1: Melon Musk. That's his name from now on. I don't know what his actual name is. Don't care who acted him. His Mel- name's Melon Musk. Melon Usk. Okay? <laughs> Melon Usk. So... I'm now I'm this now reinvested facility, in this podcast. This facility is owned by Melon Usk <laughs> and what we are introduced to this is, so this is we're getting all of the human characters out of the way in the first 45 minutes, okay? So
0: the best bit about this movie, unlike this podcast, is that it very very quickly gets to the giant monkey fighting the, the giant the dinosaur. dinosaur.
1: Okay, so we'll we'll really rapid fire run through this. So in, in at this facility that gets attacked a, a, a guy works there and he's actually a pretty good actor but I can't remember his he's, name uh, he's
0: the guy's friend in Get Out Get Out that's he right he shows up at the end of Get Out. Out
1: that's where I know him from and I'll, I'll find his name later or you can cut his name into Microsoft Sam not, to gonna, not gonna do that I got a Mac I don't have access really to Microsoft should. Sam um, so he uh he is like an an insider slash like Alex Jones type conspiracy theorist who hosts a podcast who's like, they're doing fucked up stuff in this facility, man. I don't know what it is, but I'm real close to finding out. And you sort of see him trying to infiltrate and get more information. And then cut to Millie Bobby Brown, who is 13 from Stranger Things, listening to this podcast as a big teen rebel. And uh, she's like a huge fan. She's invested in it. She believes all of the conspiracy theories and stuff. Yeah. Her best friend is um young New Zealand kid from... Hunt Fuck, for I forgot that that dude is... Young Ju- New Zealand kid from... Ju- <laughs> Julian Subway Kid. Hunt for the Wilder People. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Dude, okay, side note. I made a joke when I was talking about this film to um, my partner's family. Yeah. Where uh, someone brought that kid up as like, oh yeah, the kid from the subway ads. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> hopefully he's got better internet search history than the last guy. As in like... Um, yeah. No, that's funny. Job, yeah. Like a like family event. Is, yeah. Is a, is a pedophile. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Great. And then I had to explain it because <laughs> no one locked <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they're like Sorry so why is that funny You're like well it's funny Because I ju- I the was, previous guy I turned up
1: ads- was like Just explaining it to my partner But then no one else was talking And so it was like One of those weird things Anyway
0: uh, you're like you're Awful so the, the previous guy from those ads Is a famous pedophile Yeah So that's why it's funny Because I'm saying but That like wouldn't reason, it be funny
1: I really skirted around Using the word pedophile So right. I just like Was into some um, <laughs> Just was it it's uh, like dodgy stuff Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, ruin my Easter. So, um, yeah, he's... So, they they end up going on this road trip to try and figure out, like, get to the heart of it. Um, Also, Kyle Chandler. Now, listeners, I really honestly compel you. Right now, look up, because you don't know what he looks like. (laughs) Look up Kyle Chandler on your phone, because you absolutely know this man. You've seen him in dozens of things, right through from your childhood through to current day, Kyle Chandler is one of the best actors that's ever lived. You're an idiot. I really honestly believe this. You're a fucking idiot. Kyle Chandler has never delivered a false note that I've ever seen. You're an idiot. He is... You know how Gary Oldman gets recognition for his like transformative ability to inhabit characters? Mm-hmm. Kyle Chandler does that, but you don't even notice he's inhabiting a character, man. I truly believe this. I truly think that Kyle Chandler is one of the best actors that's ever been alive. You're a lunatic. Because he is so earnest. Anyway, so he's Millie Bobby Brown's dad.
0: He was also in King Kong.
1: Yeah. He's been in... 2005. Two or three of them. Um, that's yeah, the Peter that's Jackson right. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yes, in the Peter Jackson kingdom. Yes, King Kong yes. he's been in a couple of these He's weird, typecast uh, as a scientist
0: in giant monkey movie. That's right.
1: So, anyway, so Carl Chandler's in this as well. And also, um, Lance Riddick, who is the uh, receptionist of the Continental Hotel in John Wick, who's credited in the opening sequence of this film, and then is in about five to six seconds of screen time what talking to Carl Chandler. <laughs> Yeah, right. You know you know him. He's the he's the guy that takes the coins from Keanu Reeves at the Continental. Oh, that guy, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's right. in this so- movie He's in this movie. Great fucking actor. He's in this movie literally for five seconds. I think he has right. actually won. So that. the shit with
0: Kyle Chandler and Millie Bobby Brown and the kid from the subway heads actually doesn't matter at all. So the point is yeah, that they've correct. worked out that the giant monkey. Oh, Alexander
1: Skarsgård's also in this movie.
0: Great, yeah, cool. So, so yeah, Alexander Skarsgård plays this like crackpot professor who believes in this hollow earth theory, and so they need him along as And his as brother like a,
1: tried to go to the hollow earth but died, so that's right, his character yeah. motivation. And so
0: they need him there as this like, font of information. And so then they think that... like so, so they put King Kong on a boat and take him on a boat over to Antarctica and he goes a- and
1: talks to a lady with native child whose native child is can, like, King Kong's to best the friend yeah cool
0: yep. and then they think that like King Kong like a homing pigeon is going to be able to find the way <laughs> just, like just, like a, just like a homing pigeon just like a homing pigeon It's going to be able to find his way to the center of the earth because that's where the titans are from
1: that's where they were born
0: yep and so <laughs> So they have to, and then they have to go to this Hollow Earth because uh, Melanousk has this giant, like Mecha Godzilla thing. I was like, who the fuck is Melanousk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in. Yeah, thank you Melon Oosk. Uh, has this like giant mech Godzilla robot thing. Mecha-Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla. Who's actually
1: been in heaps of these movies? What? He's a like, Mecha Godzilla is a real thing. That's so stupid. That's from like the original. That's so it's really yeah, that's a that, that was a recurring character, bro. Right. Um and he he needs to be able like, to power
0: the mech uh, the mechagodzilla up. So there's like right. crystals or some bullshit that's down in the yep. hollow they earth. They need thing. the energy source for yeah. the
1: Hollow Earth stuff.
0: Uh so they go down. No, not the energy
1: source, just the energy signature. That phrase comes up a lot. Yeah, energy I don't really signature. know what that is. It's like if they can code the energy right, then they'll right. be able to power this thing forever. And there's some sort it of sucks. there's
0: some sort of reverse gravity threshold or something that they have to pass through. It sounds like it's almost like it's like a second atmosphere, but gravity. And they yeah, have I to get to figure out the physics. They have to like get that. through it. You're trying to figure out the physics of this. Gravity atmosphere um, thing in the Godzilla movie with the yeah, Kong twenty twenty one. You're an idiot. Uh, so they have to get through this like gravity atmosphere layer that's below our world, atmosphere, but <laughs> but above <laughs> the center world bit. And they have this like these like levitating. They have this fleet of these like hover levitating ships. gravity hover, hover ships yeah. that are specifically designed to get through that b- barrier, but they've never tried it. So yep. what they do is they get the the daughter of Melnusk and they get the world's professor authority on her and they get their giant monkey and they just throw them all through this giant barrier <laughs> that they've never tried the to hole. get through. They're like, "Well, okay, we'll just get all of our world experts and just chuck them down this hole."
1: Well, actually, they don't think that anything's going to happen. They don't think the plan is going to work.
0: Cuz like they think they're not going to matter right if if this barrier the Right before this
1: is the first fight scene of the film, which you're skipping over and I feel like unfairly Oh yeah, no, that fight scene so rocks. So right. that's like
0: King Kong. So
1: they're transporting King Kong on top to of an Antarctica, aircraft carrier, on top of a, on top of an aircraft carrier, uh, carrier as part of a fleet of roughly sixty aircraft <laughs> carriers, all of which, spoiler alert, will not make it. Yeah, <laughs> they destroy trillions of dollars worth of ships in this scene alone. You thought
0: that that scene in the Blues Brothers with all the cop cars was expensive? Yeah. Oh boy, I
1: haven't seen it. Great. So they destroy a lot of How, like, do they jump on top of him like a giant monkey? And is it one of them swimming under the the concrete, kind of like giant monkey Yeah, great. So, um, it's this great scene where they're transporting him. He's like, uh, there's this big readout at one point that says, like, 85% tranquilized or something. (laughs) He's like hopped up on tranquilizers, but
0: 15%
1: not. 15% not tranquilized. Great. His four fingers on his left hand are going fucking nuts. So he's got got an
0: enormous (laughs) fidget spinner that's actually like. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's the size of like three yachts strapped together. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: And then King Kong. (laughs) Uh, so King Kong's on these boats and then Godzilla like detects his fucking... King Kong's the
0: giant monkey. Godzilla's the giant yeah, dinosaur. Yeah, I got confused yeah. for a
1: second. So um, Godzilla like swims up and he's like, fuck you, dude. You're an alpha titan. I'm going to have to fight you so that I only one of us could be the alpha titan. And King titan.
0: Kong's like, oh my God, a talking titan. Yeah,
1: and King Kong's like, let me out of these fucking chains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, a talking lizard. <laughs> um, neither of them talk. <laughs> so um, then the first fight <laughs> scene happens, which is... Really good. and I feel like really set the scene for this, so this is like ten film. minutes in,
0: ten minutes in. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking for longer than this movie is oh, for, yeah, so- oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. yeah. Um, this jam donut bit was probably a better... much as- worse pacing <laughs> than, the, than these films. These films really, really do themselves such a favor by just getting the schlock out of the way, mm. straight to the fight. Listeners,
0: you might have no idea what that's like. But no, just, just, just imagine know the that opposite it, of this. It would. It, it is nice.
1: Yeah, it's it feels great. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and and we uh we, we we'll take it on notice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so this first fight scene, like it's him, it's King Kong. Jumping across battleships, getting like dragged underwater by. But he's getting his Godzilla. ass. Godzilla. He's getting his fucking ass
0: whooped. And something that like it does a very good job of is immediately painting King Kong as the good guy and Godzilla as the bad guy. Right. In a way where like it almost makes you feel like you know how the movie's going to end now because immediately like you know right well if King Kong's our good guy that this movie has somehow painted him into that corner you know the movie is going to end with King Kong defeating Godzilla right but the combat and the way they shoot it is so engaging and so cool and fun to watch that you still want it, you're still along for the ride right. anyway. and
1: like anti-spoiler alert that's kind of not how it really goes down which is nice because yeah, it, but like you feel like it oh, I know how gonna, have done that
0: you feel like I'm gonna I know how this is gonna end like straight
1: right up. you're like well it immediately gets you on side rooting for King Kong because it's like yeah, here's my boy, Here's my main character. Mm. So that's where I'm putting my emotional energy. And then Godzilla's the bad guy. Easy, giant lizard, much less easy to empathize with. Yep. Not directly an ancestor of mine.
0: Doesn't even have a little cool. girl, best friend. That's right. Can't even so, see his ass.
1: That's right. Never see Godzilla's dick either. <laughs> Huge disappointment.
0: <laughs> you see Godzilla's monster cock. <laughs>
1: just, his, just his fucking ass. Just Godzilla's <laughs> ass both of his cheeks as he's like swimming You're, like
0: scaly damn. probably chafed what's this guy doing he's out here dragging man? it on the beach all the time yeah
1: exactly It's like trying to sneak up through the ocean but they sneak keep clapping up. together <laughs> um, so yeah he like so he swims up and there's this great fight scene where like the two of them are fighting and King Kong keeps getting dragged underwater and like, as you said, he just gets his ass shredded.
0: His massive ass. His huge... You thought it couldn't get more Duncan shredded.
1: dump truck ass <laughs> absolutely kicked by Godzilla's equally dump truck ass. <laughs> These two dump truck asses <laughs> clap up against each other and You know Godzilla's you, you hear a
0: phrase sometimes and it just loses all meaning? <laughs> dump truck no, ass. No, I'm not there yet. Keep going.
1: Great. So... Um, Godzilla, like, very clearly wins this fight, which is really interesting. Almost, like,
0: drowns King Kong. And, like,
1: let's... Okay, so we're going through the plot of this film. Let's really quickly finish going through that because I feel like we should just talk about how good the fights were. But... Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, the, it's... The first fight scene happens on 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 their way to get King Kong to Antarctica, right, to do yeah. the Hollow Earth shit. And then what happens after that is... um. King Kong runs into a tunnel. They all go down into the hollow earth. King Kong finds his kingdom. And there's all these like... It's other- King
0: Kongdom. That's
1: right. And there's all these other like... Kong Kingdom. Little pterodactyl type small creatures there. So he has yeah. a bit of a fight scene with those. They're kind of like pterodactyls crossed with like cobras. And so a lot of the humans that are accompanying them die, including um, Melon Usk's daughter... And meanwhile, oh, yeah. on Earth, uh, Mecha Godzilla is being like powered up. Um, Andrew was
0: doing the eyes when he said Godzilla like that. <laughs> I was not. So <laughs>
1: it, it, he's been powered up, and like Godzilla attacks the facility again, and I think ends up attacking
0: Hong Kong. At some point,
1: Godzilla starts attacking. At some, Hong some point, Kong. they
0: just randomly pop up. Straight through the Earth's crust again, and are immediately in a fight with King with That's Godzilla. Right. So, and in the last half an hour of the movie is them
1: fighting in Hong Kong. Is them fighting in Hong Kong? And so, like the big, I guess not spoiler of the film, kind of spoiler of the film is that the latter half of this film, or like maybe the last yeah half hour or so, is not King Kong and Godzilla fighting against each other, although that does happen in Hong Kong.
0: So I asked for my money back,
1: <laughs> but it's it's Mecha Godzilla. Fighting against both of these motherfuckers. Yeah. Who have teamed up.
0: I'm not entirely sure why they teamed up.
1: Um, cause. Because it's sick, yeah, obviously. Yeah, because it fucking rules. Because it's fucking sick. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, and that's about as far as it two goes, biological right? boys against one mecha boy. <laughs> and and you gotta. <laughs> I you never gotta thought gotta my high school nickname time. would rear its ugly boy, head again, yeah. but here we are. Um, so, yeah, okay, so there, there you go. That's the plot. Um, done. That's yeah. not why you're here.
0: It does move quite quickly towards the Hong Kong bit. The Hong Kong bit That's looks right. fucking sick. It you were saying it looks like an anime. Great. It looks like a fucking Tron ass, anime ass, Blade it's Runner like all ass. All of the
1: buildings have so much neon on them. Yeah. Um, and, and then at one point, so like th- there's this initial f- sort of, well, so the, the maybe the second major fight scene between King Kong and Godzilla happens in Hong Kong and it's like there's, why does all it happen in Tokyo? That
0: Isn't it always supposed to happen in Tokyo?
1: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so there's all these like massive neon buildings that happens at nighttime, and then the next fight scene happens in the daytime with Mecha Godzilla.
0: Yeah, they talked about this on that uh, review we were watching earlier today mm-hmm. as well. It just suddenly... It, is, it does switch it does, to the daytime they, they quite quickly. They go through sunup. Great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Awesome. I get to see more <laughs> of the monsters. Because like, that's why I'm fucking here. I'm in this cinema seat for two reasons. Number one... Because I cut a hole in the bottom of a box of popcorn. (laughs) Number two, I want to see giant monsters fight (laughs) other giant monsters. And number three, because uh, I want to see more giant monsters fight more giant monsters. And two out of those three things paid off in the end.
0: I got lost halfway through that.
1: That's because you're keeping up with my bits. Yeah. Sorry, brother. Which is also the reason that the first thing didn't pay off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so you did get it. I, th-
0: I thought you were going for like a, I came here to... Drink no, milk so and kick ass, gonna, and I've already finished oh, my right, milk. Oh, no, right, no, and then went you, off away. you got halfway through the second one, and I thought, well, when's you going to do it? And wait, then you got a, a third one. You're like, wait, a third one? Fuck, what were the first two?
1: So, okay. <laughs> uh, as an addendum, what I was actually going to say, but I forgot, is the I love looking at the monsters. I want to look at the monsters heaps, and mm. I want to see them fight heaps. That's my two things, right? And so I think um, one of the reasons why I enjoyed Shin Gojira... Um, offensive uh, but sure non-Japanese speakers that's Shin Godzilla Um, (laughs) uh, which is like a 2016 (laughs) movie that came out that I think I talked about on the pod yeah you did I did Um, it's really great because you spend so much time looking at Godzilla and the design of the monsters is so fucking cool um, that you just want to stare at them I love, I love staring at the monsters, man.
0: I'll put um, them back in my pants. I'm sorry. Nice. So,
1: like, I think one of the things that I enjoyed most about A Quiet Place, which we talked about way long ago on the pod, is that th- there's, like, there's a few lingering shots where you get a good idea of what the things in that film yeah. actually look like. It's one of the things I enjoyed less about Bird Box. I feel like it didn't give you a payoff. And, like, you remember how we talked about <laughs> how that the monster design was so embarrassingly bad that Sandra Bullock was like, you have to fucking cut this. Um, yeah. Yeah, it sucks you have to have a good monster design you yeah. must it, it it's necessary for these films to be entertaining because like yeah I want to imagine stuff that's cool and creepy and so if there's like this giant lizard rampaging if it looked like a fucking gecko I wouldn't care as much as if it looks like this like, <laughs> like the armored gecko. fucking beast that's why Mechagodzilla is also really cool because yeah it's a giant fucking robot also
0: Mechagodzilla is just cool so stupid it's cool I
1: mean it's stupid mm. But it's so cool. Stupidly
0: cool. Exactly.
1: So like that's what I'm here for, folks. I feel Make like we can't, fight good.
0: We can't talk about this movie and sell you one other than like, do you want to watch King Kong fight Godzilla? And if your answer is why, then like don't don't say that.
1: Because it's so stupid. Because of what I was talking about earlier, where there's good and bad ways to do that. And this movie does it good. Right, folks, so I feel like that does it good.
0: That's what we were I was gonna launch back into was the idea that like there are dumb movies that don't know they're dumb. And you watch oh, them. Yeah. But yeah. This is the, where It's like this could have been like someone trying to sincerely do an action movie where King Kong fights Godzilla in you know, yeah. very seriously. But I feel like this is... Well, if you watch
1: the earlier three Godzilla films, right?
0: That is probably what they are. Then
1: they're more on that side right. of things.
0: I way prefer this, where this is clearly fully embracing the fact that most of the people who go watch this are probably watching it. It's ironic half ironically at least where you're like oh man this is going to be a train wreck Yeah. and so they deliberately put all this insane sci-fi shit in it they 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 introduce the fucking th- mecha godzilla three quarters of the land of the movie for no reason yeah. they like like the mecha godzilla goes out of control because it gets its power from the spirit of an old godzilla that's in a skull that um, Melanusk has. it's one of the earlier yeah. monsters that godzilla and fights and so in like the, series, the soul yeah. of this this skull takes control. Something of Mecha else Godzilla. happens, but yeah, basically like, all this it, They're trying to build shit. the evil
1: thing, and it yeah. goes out of control. Like
0: this movie goes up to thirteen. Yeah, I said fifteen before. Thirteen's probably more okay, right here. Out of ten is my point. It I don't use many amps. One hundred. So sure. <laughs> it's like it, well, up it to
1: eleven <laughs> is like the maximum, right? <laughs> uh, so it's up to twelve is like well, no, the, past bit, the maximum. The Spinal then, Tap joke yeah.
0: is that most amps just go to ten. Okay. But the band from spinal so turn it tap to got 11. a custom amp that goes to eleven. Right. And there's a big long bit where they say, but surely like surely eleven on this amp is just the same as ten and this just has more numbers, so it has more degradations, but it's not getting any louder. Right. Like why would eleven make it louder? And the guy goes, Well it's eleven, so it's louder. Yeah. And that's the joke. And so these go
1: to fifteen?
0: Out of ten. No. Fifteen, 15 out, out 11. of eleven. <laughs> <laughs> So
1: yeah, the they, point is
0: that it's it feels very tongue in cheek with how stupid yeah, it is. It's very just aware like, of exactly what it is. It's it's and like, case in point, all the human characters in this movie are the worst bit of the movie, and they are only in it for about ten minutes. Like they are the in antagonists, it just like, enough.
1: The antagonists get dealt away with so fucking quickly that yeah. it's like, yeah, who gives a fuck about Melonusk? <laughs> he gets swiped by Godzilla. Yeah. End of end of storyline. Yeah.
0: There's basically we've got, no, got half an hour left. <laughs> there's basically no human characters in this. They get to the mon- yep. monsters fighting as quickly as fucking possible. Yeah. I assumed that I was going to be like talking about this movie, like oh, it was shit. But of course, it was shit. I went in thinking it would be shit, no, but great. this was. I went in thinking it will be shit, and I had an awesome. This fight. movie's really good. It's, it's so it's much really fun. great, and it does,
1: unlike so many of these movies, exactly what it says on the fucking box. Yeah, this. In fact, it does more than that because this is Godzilla. Versus King Kong.
0: Versus.
1: Versus someone that you don't know about yet when you see the title of the film. It's Mechagodzilla. Which is Mechagodzilla.
0: So it's actually Kong versus Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Exactly. Or it's Kong and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Right, but you don't know that until the end. Kong versus Godzilla, comma, and And Kong and Godzilla versus versus Mechagodzilla.
1: Right, if you want to be the most accurate that you possibly can. Which, Uh, for a film title, you probably don't.
0: (laughs) It's so much fun. I but feel it's like it's so
1: good seeing even like even the way that they characterize I think this film's actually like quite good beyond what it has any right to be, because even the way that it characterizes the it's two- It's way monsters, better than it has
0: any right to be. I assume yeah. this is gonna be stupid in the same way as like uh like John Wick could yeah. have just been like a shoot 'em up thing, but it has all this weird lore about like a guild of assassins that it just like has no place in a shoot 'em up movie. Right. This has like all this insane sci-fi tech stuff that makes the movie so much more fun to watch mm. and so much and all the effects and all the lighting and all the all the camera work in the movie that show you all the monsters is so much better than this movie has any right to be but it's also like
1: with? the fight choreography is just perfect like I think one of the things that they so one of the things that the, the red letter media guys are talking about is that a lot of the earlier films in this franchise do a lot of like steady cam style like shaky like snap zoom stuff almost as if it's like yeah it's like a news crew on the ground kind of mm. trying to catch footage of these things fighting but this but isn't just like this film them punching
0: like, each other that, that's what would almost be boring if it was just them just yeah, punching each but other. but also
1: the cinematography it's like it's in wide shots they're extended cuts so you see these things like fucking yeah really fighting each other you see the whole monster Like, go for this giant crash tackle. You see it plow through a building, then you see it like get up and attack back and stuff. There's no cutting, there's no like trying to obscure the visuals with this movement. It's all just right there for you to see. Yeah. In, like, really well-filmed... It's almost like two humans fighting. If you wanted to watch John Wick fighting someone... It's
0: almost like two humans fighting, but one of them is a giant gorilla, But one of them is a giant and lizard. And one of them is a giant lizard.
1: That's right, with a big tail. And the third and one that you get, don't
0: know about, but you've now seen... Is a robot. ...is, like, a giant mechanical robot version of the second human. That's who right. Who is a giant lizard. That's right.
1: So it's like a mecha-human, but instead of human, it's, like, good So, I don't know. I think, like, the the, the just the fight choreography, there's, there's shit, like... King Kong takes a run-up to a punch in this film where he, like... Launches uh, himself off a skyscraper. He, he like, does, like, he's like... And then he, like, pushes one foot off a skyscraper and then, like, comes down with this giant downswing and smacks Godzilla into the ground. He
0: just mysteriously gets this enormous axe... Made out like,
1: of one of Godzilla's like tail spines. Oh man, it rules. That's wailing on Godzilla so with incredibly the incredibly hard and uh, and it's so stupid.
0: Do they defibrillate
1: Godzilla in this movie?
0: Absolutely,
1: they do. Yes, that's correct. They defibrillate Godzilla in this film with at like one point. some enormous with like fucking... a Harrier jump jet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they like set up some electromagnetic charge, which is like maybe the most emotional beat of the whole film. Mm. They're like
0: an um, EMP on him to like defibrillate. Yeah, yeah they, they absolutely
1: do because. King Kong's fighting Mechagodzilla and he's getting his ass whooped. whooped. And what you really learn is that... Um, both of them need to team up in order to beat Mechagodzilla. Mm. So, and
0: then Godzilla just walks into the ocean and gives up. He's like, yeah, fair play. I think he kind I pl- of I just wanted to let off that some they're steam.
1: allies. But also, like, King Kong beats him the third time round. I think. There's one fight where I feel like he beats him. Maybe it's just after he gets his groove back. And by groove, <laughs> I mean huge axe. So there's one... That I feel like they kind of recognize each other as equals. And they've like kind of broken the status quo a little bit. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the way that it ends. Um, but this movie is fantastic for, like, the fight choreography, which is just better than I thought it had any right to be. It was so... Every punch was, like, brutal. Like, and you'd see them, like, I don't know, man. Just the way that you'd see, like, King Kong get in there and he'd be, like, trying to rip the jaws apart and yeah. then the laser would be, like, King Kong... Uh, Would be like, yeah, trying to rip Godzilla's jaws apart. Godzilla would be like shooting off his like laser breath up into the sky. (laughs) He'd just be being like destroying skyscrapers, like pulled in one direction and pulled in the other. And he'd be like trying to dejaw him. And then he'd get him up against a building and like they'd both fall down. All of the hits were so brutal, and I honestly think that is so to do with the sound design.
0: I think it's interesting comparing these movies to like Man of Steel, which was like widely critiqued Ugh, for being yeah. like two enormous two beings destroying a city, and it being gross that they destroyed the city. Mm. Whereas this is fucking awesome that yeah. they're destroying the city, yeah. and I, I don't know really know what it is different about it, but I really like how they characterize King Kong as this good guy who's like a defender of humanity in a way? I don't think maybe, but I also, if
1: I think it's this kind of like, it's easy to care about them if because it's easy to root for one in a fight. But it's also easy to go, yeah, but like you probably have to kill the giant monkey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's like, yeah, Godzilla is like, okay, he's helping us out for now. But like, whoop probably gonna have to kill that giant lizard like (laughs) so i feel like there's no i don't have i'm not being asked to like one of them really like i I, i'm i've i'm being given i'm being handed a point of empathy and it's being offered to me if i want to use it but i'm not being asked like with batman or superman where i'm like it's like which one do you care about which one do you want to make it or with like whatever you know i think it's kind of what they're
0: doing i think they paint uh king kong as like the good The good guy, and it's it's literally just because he's a monkey and we look like monkeys, and they're like, "Well, there you go, that'll do." Like, there's no there's no other reason than that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, also cute shots of his eyes.
1: Superman versus Batman, or whatever the fuck.
0: It was Superman versus the fucking
1: alien. Who gives a shit? Um, Those movies all sucked way more than this. (laughs) Uh, They're all like they're really muddy. They're really like um, poorly shot in the way that they uh, reflect the action and. I don't know. This just had a reality and a like a weightiness to its combat that meant that, like, yeah, I was actually I wasn't emotionally invested, but I was physically invested in what was going on. Like, I felt like I was kind of standing on the like on the side of a ring, you know, and I was like watching two people actually fucking fight. Yeah, it was sick. And I was like, this is fucking cool. Like yeah. Which one of them is. And I'm like, I don't know. How many times have I talked on this podcast about dumb stuff being dumb and I don't like it? Like, <laughs> This is not the type of film that normally appeals to me. But when it does it, this is exactly what this kind of film should aspire to be, which is just like, this is pure entertainment. Don't yeah. give me snarky fucking Marvel dialogue. I don't want that soy boy shit. I don't <laughs> want any like Joss Whedon dialogue polluting my fucking action scenes. I just want like crisp, brutal. Extended combat, you know, that is like polished to a sheen where I can see every hit. Or like not even polished. I don't want a polished. I want it like I want it I want it like fight club.
0: Y- that was know? kinda but that was kinda how it wasn't when you said polished, like yeah, the movie was literally like this director was just trying to do the best he could to show the fights the best he could and yeah, make it as cool as, as clear possible. clear
1: as possible. But it was
0: literally like it was literally like, he knew, he was like, yeah, I know you're not here for the dialogue with the people. I know you're not here for a story. That's I what know you're just, self-aware. Yeah, I know you're just here to watch. I know that everyone is just here to watch the monkey fight the lizard. So I'm going to make that bit of the movie look as cool as possible exactly. and go for as long as possible. And awesome. I'm going to shit all on my budget into that hour of the movie. Ugh. It's fun.
1: It's so good. This movie's so much fun.
0: And I know that we've just like... I mean, we've spoiled it, but like the sport, it's there's no spoilers because the whole point Just is you go you're watch the go watch the spectacle. <laughs> yeah. It's fun.
1: Yeah, and go and see it at the cinema, or at least like I've got a good soundbar set up here. At so least. I feel like come I into watch Andrew's place and- if you really want to. <laughs> I will watch this movie with you. Hit me up. I'll, uh, as, as long as we can get it, I'll, I'll get it on 4K fucking Blu-ray the, 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 the
0: second we have enough. Uh, enough listeners to get a Patreon, but not too many that we're starting to invite strangers to my around. House and watch the movie. That's the hundred dollar Patreon <laughs> yeah. tier. Is oh, yeah. Andrew? I'm will not have charge, to like
1: uh, essentially, my friends, a hundred bucks to come around and watch these fucking movies. No,
0: you put on a bit of a show.
1: Hit me up, I will put this movie on. Put some you.
0: little gold hot pants. You'd buy the four K movie, Goldman. But
1: yeah, I love this movie. I'm gonna watch it again, probably. I can envisage myself having a couple of beers and sticking this movie on, yeah. Because this movie was the epitome of. There were so many times when I would hear everyone in the cinema be like, "Ooh," <laughs> when a hit happened, and that's like exactly, yeah. exactly what I wanted from it. Was it. sick. The honestly, like I know I keep mentioning it, we haven't really talked about it properly, but the sound design was fucking incredible the sound design of this movie is honestly oscar worthy the sound mix was fantastic you really need it to be and that's one of the things that shin godzilla did really well was the sound it made you care because it was scary the sound of these things is scary they're huge they need to feel huge they need to feel bigger than you it needs to feel like a thing it's like okay so uh most of our listeners might not have played this but also a lot of them will have in god of war the ps4 game when the world serpent comes out of the lake, the way that it speaks is in like this subtone rumble that's like in an unintelligible, and it's really scary when it first happens because you're like, "Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck!" And it's the noise that this thing that's so much bigger than you makes. Yeah, it's a snake that's big enough to wrap itself around the globe. At least once. It is really yeah. fun and no really shit. It's yeah. gonna be so rumblingly big that when it talks, it's fucking scary. Yeah, this is like that. When it, it shoots a, a nuclear laser out of its mouth, it better fucking sound intimidating.
0: Are we had a teacher at school named Doctor Naser. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's uh, factually correct. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we did. Yep. Well, you did. I wonder if uh, that was short for. Class. Might have been short Dr. for Doctor yeah, Nuclear Laser. Doctor Nuclear Laser, <laughs> working as a physicist. I don't know. You missed a chance to ask him, I guess. <laughs> sir,
0: sir, sir, sir. You know your last name. Is your name short for Nuclear Laser?
1: <laughs> now no, it's not. Because in
0: five years, my friend and I are going to develop this bit where we turn everything into like a portmanteau type it's been thing. More than five years, mate. Oh fuck. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was fun. It's been I
1: thirteen I... years. <laughs>
0: You've been in this class for 13 years.
1: (gasps) Is that all you got? I reckon so. Go and see this movie. Go and see this movie. Go and have fun. I would highly encourage you. I would highly encourage you to get fucking drunk before you go and see this movie. Yeah. Just go and have a bunch of drinks. Do whatever. Get loose. Yep. Smoke weed. Do whatever you want to do. But go and see this movie. Highly recommended under the influence. Like it's. I think it's such a fucking fun movie. It's like yeah, whatever you would do on an incredibly safe roller coaster. That's still fucking awesome. It's so good. You had to it's throw awesome. incredibly
0: safe in there, like a fucking. Well, narc. I didn't want
1: to make the people who um people who might feel worried about doing it when they were <laughs> you know on various substances. Trying to be a good trip sitter.
0: Uh huh. You
1: needn't that's feel sweet. unsafe. Nothing bad will happen to you. You'll you you you. You're just experiencing some things, Hmm. it'll pass.
0: I think that if you are the sort of person that likes those big fucking ensemble Marvel Avengers movies, you'll like this movie Hmm. because it has that same dumb energy. Uh, I would say that when I first watched that last Avengers movie, I liked it just as much as I liked this. If it's your sort of thing. I feel feel like this, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. It was up up in that same sort of energy. The final fight scene of Avengers Endgame
1: doesn't have shit on the fight scene. The final fight movie.
0: scene the, in uh, Endgame kind of sucks because it just feels like it's just sh- sugar fucking like... Yeah. And that guy came in. And that guy came in. And there's that guy no came in. There's no impact. There's yeah. no weight. It's all just saccharine. Yeah. The energy that this movie does harness is the idea that it feels like it was like written by an eight-year-old.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And... Eight year olds know how to generate cool <laughs> fight scenes in their own head. Literally,
0: which is just like, and then and then he jumps from a building and he gets an axe and he smashes and he goes, the guy with it and then mega Godzilla and when comes an eight year old is bam! like wham.
1: It's like, yeah, with their entire being. Yeah. They're saying wham! BAM. It's like the biggest <laughs> fucking impact that they've ever f- Yeah. Anyway. It oh, rules. Man. I would highly recommend going and seeing this movie. I can't I, we don't Better than, than worse movies. than Well, okay. So I was thinking about this earlier. Um We haven't seen a massive blockbuster like this in fucking ages. I really enjoyed, and I feel like the first Transformers film had a lot of the same kind of thing as this. Yeah, okay. I might have enjoyed the first, at the time, I haven't revisited it, but I might have enjoyed the first Transformers film more than this. But I would say they're on par. I would place this on par, watching this now as a 27-year-old, with watching the first Transformers movie as like a fucking 16 year old. Or <laughs> Fuck it's yeah. that good. Like the fight choreography is that good. The looks are that good. It spends none of the time that Michael Bay does trying to like sexualize young women or, um, like focus on the fucking human characters of, um, what's his name? Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> so like who give a shit? Yeah you know
0: it's been doing very well I th- 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 to wrap it up I forgot to mention that during the news that this, this Godzilla vs. Kong opened in the US to 48 million dollars in its opening weekend which is apparently the best the best opening weekend the US box office has seen since the pandemic started yeah right and yeah.
1: of course it's sick you know it's a perfect movie for it you know how fucking Tanner was supposed to save cinema this movie this giant honkin ass gorilla, That's right. It's what save Tenet cinema. should have been. Fuck this yeah. movie is the enjoyable film that tenant should have been. And it has <laughs> next to zero script.
0: <laughs> Honestly, that's what people want. <laughs> I want to see the screenplay I'm of this movie. I'm going to a cinema, movie. dude. Yeah.
1: Give me Godzilla versus Kong. Fuck yeah. That's what I'm asking for. Go if see I'm, it. It's oh, fun. Oh god. This movie was so much fun. It was so stupid. I loved this movie. It was great. This movie yeah. This week is uh, great. That's all we got, I think. Yeah.
0: Join us next week. God knows what we're going to be watching, but it'll be in the description so you can read it there. Tell us what we're going to be watching because we don't know yet. Uh, and we will. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you in a couple weeks for the next episode. You can email us. You can like our Facebook page. All that sort of stuff. It's all in the description. So I'm not going to fucking read yeah. it to you. Yeah. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.